The following podcast contains spoilers and adult language. We recommend watching the movie beforehand, but hey, that isn't your bag? No worries. You do you. Brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash matineemanities. If you'd like to support the show, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all proceeds after hosting costs will go towards actual manatee habitat preservation, because we like to pay it forward by giving back. Enjoy the show. and eating it over the sink while occasionally dribbling salad dressing over it. Where you plan on biting it? That's the trick. Speaking of salads, (laughs) see, the thing about that, though, is there, you know about the romaine lettuce recall, though, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everything's gonna kill us. We're I know. Just gotta, just gotta deal with this. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if I die from fucking lettuce, <laughs> I deserved it. That's harsh. A bunch of people die from food poisoning every year. It has nothing yeah. to do with their performance. <laughs> So, <laughs> interview with the <laughs> I don't know. Right. So, uh, <laughs> to I listen. <laughs> <laughs> Always the uh, best start. Inter- interview. There. So there's. It, some movies have the courage to ask important questions like, "Hey, what if you were super attractive and immortal?" Wouldn't that suck? (laughs) (laughs) We we already watched that movie, didn't we? Uh, I mean, I do. I make you watch a lot of vampire movies, (laughs) but. um, I I was specifically talking about Twilight. But this movie kind of also applies. Yeah, well, this one at least I get I get the suck of it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so welcome back to Madden Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
hate Sam watching other vampire movies because I apparently really like vampire movies. Well, you didn't make me. I'd seen this movie before. It's just been 12 or 15 years. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, I saw this a while ago. I think it was after I read the books, but I did see this movie a long time ago. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, so there was, uh, there was a couple things I wanted to talk about. Um, mostly is the movie, but I, I, I was trying to figure out a way to, to plug a segment in where I would, like, read reviews. If you want to get your review read on the air, if you give us like a five-star review that we could read out loud or something, mostly because we got some really damn funny ones. Um, one came out on November 20th, which was like, well, I shouldn't say a specific date because I don't know when this is going to air. One came in like less than a week ago. It's a five star review, and I just wanted to read it. It's from someone called Tardis Traveler, entitled Could Not Possibly Care Less. These may be the two most boring people in podcasting. Thanks for finally helping this insomniac get some rest on the worst of nights. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> These may be the two most bored people in podcasting. Five stars. I love our listeners. You're <laughs> welcome. They get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> there's a bunch that are <laughs> less uh, hilariously kind mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> if you want your review read on uh, our show if you give us a five-star review or a four-star review, that's just your heart. I mean, I don't know how the algorithms work, but... Uh, or anything, really. If it's real funny, I'll read it online because that way I get to steal someone else's jokes and use those my own and <laughs> not write my own because I'm bad at everything. <laughs> That's Hooray <laughs> <laughs> life. I'm not bad at everything. I'm good at everything. But I... I'm 
good everything in a way that is unsatisfying. So, like Louie, in our movie, that's smoothly segued into, oh yeah, that's a really loud noise, because I knocked something over, because I'm good at that, too. <laughs> uh, talent isn't everything, and sometimes you just can't get right. <laughs> um, which could have been all for time for this movie. <laughs> Interview the Vampire, 1984, starring Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Antonio Banderas, uh, Kirsten Dunst, Christian Slater, and Stephen Ray in a small part, is two and a half men but with vampires. I'll take your word for it because I've never seen that show. It, it's the one with uh, the sheen. The one that was famous. I've heard of it. I've just never seen it. He said, like, a thing, and people were like, mental illness is funny, and that was a whole, uh, deal. It was directed by Neil Jordan, who also directed The Crying Game, which makes a lot of sense when you see both movies. Uh, and another vampire movie I saw, like, a year ago, because I stated, like, vampire movies too much, called Byzantium. Um, okay. Which was very strange, and very similar to this one, except it was, like, a mother and her daughter that together being secret vampires and they bought a theater or something. Hmm. Alright. Interview with Vampire has a 7.6 on IMDb, a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, but an 86% appreciation or audience appreciation score. But on Amazon, oh boy, on their rating system, uh -huh. it has 4.5 stars. Oh. Uh, Brad Pitt, you know, from Fight Club, <laughs> Snatch, Troy, Inglorious Bastards, etc., etc. Tom Cruise is from Top Gun, Mission Impossible. Last Samurai, The New Mummy, which I haven't seen yet because I like the Brendan Fraser version too much and I consider it a betrayal. Ew. 
was he, was he Rain Man? No, he was, he was Rain Man's brother. Right, right. I gotta see that one again, too. Me too, actually. It was really but good. I most think. of the movies you've listed, actually. I need to see again or for the first time. Yeah, these are like some A-list dudes. Antonio yeah. Banderas, Desperado, Mask of Sorrow, Automata, 13th Warrior, Spy Kids. That's sort of a downward slope come take me. <laughs> Although, that's not a chronological order. 13th Warrior was a long time ago. Automata was recent. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, Dunst, from Spider-Man, Dick, Elizabethtown, Crazy Beautiful, and the lesser-known porno Spider-Man Dick. Sorry, what? I'm sorry, you said, you said those two titles way too close together for me not to think Spider-Man Spider Dick. Dick, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> although, I thought you were going to go in a more punny direction with that. No. <laughs> Spider-Man Dick. As we discussed, I'm too tired to be subtle right now. <laughs> Christian Slater from uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Uh, Matt Nimanti alum. Mm -hmm. Also, Name of the Rose, Heather's True Romance, Broken Arrow. And Alone in the Dark, but we don't talk about Alone in the Dark. <laughs> and actually, what I know him more from recently is the TV show Mr. Robot, which I would recommend watching if you haven't seen. See, I heard that... I heard it was really good, and I heard it was about hacking, but then I also heard that Mr. Robot is even a robot. Well, I still would recommend watching it, honestly. Fake! <laughs> <laughs> I'd still recommend it, although I have only seen I think I've seen two seasons of it, and I think there's a third one. I don't know how the third one is, but the first one season was really good, at least. I just, so. I need, I need to watch a show about a gentleman robot. <laughs> and Hollywood keeps not delivering. Mad about it. <laughs> well, I mean, if Hollywood can't deliver, maybe we just need to start our own. 
make our own TV show about a gentleman robot? What should we call it, Mr. Robot's Taken? Yeah. Uh. I, I don't know. I can't think Doctor of a good robot. Dr. Professor Robot. Professor Robot is pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Professor Robot. What does he do? He teaches... He teaches... Uh, programming and... Mechanical Engineering at the Community College <laughs> because he doesn't need money and why why gate knowledge off? Yeah. Actually, that's just the backstory for for Dr. Plasma from Champions Online. <laughs> I already made this character. I just want to see a movie of <laughs> Well, we're get on it then. Suit and fights crime with lasers. What come out of his hands? <laughs> and now he has a pet robot transformers because I beat the Mecha Turk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also starring Stephen Ray. <laughs> he was in V for Vendetta and he was also in the crying game. And those are the only things I've seen him in. Alright. I've seen half of those. Stephen Ray, I think he was the detective in V for Dead. Oh, sorry, one second. No, that's okay. Sorry, the the sun has shifted distractly in my eyes and on me, and it was getting very hot, so I've put on sunglasses and taken off my shirt. <laughs> and now I look super cool. I'm sure you do. <laughs> oh my god. There's a lot of stuff to talk about this movie. Um talk about in this movie there's a lot of there's a this movie <laughs> go on book first okay it, it 
It were a book by uh, Anne Rice. Yep. She write books for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, it was almost 20 years old before this movie even came out. Interview with Anne Rice written in 1976. That surprised me when I... I mean... I, like, I read the book about 15 years ago, but it surprised me that it, when I watched the movie and looked up the info on Wikipedia, I did not realize the book was that old. Yeah, I didn't know it was, like, older than us. That Yeah. It holds up remarkably well for the, like, okay, so they don't have cell phones, so it gets a little bit old, but I, yeah. I, I've read other things written in the 70s that seem much more in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's been 15 years since I read the book, so I don't know. That's still true. I was curious. I was curious if you had decided to go back and read the the novel just to kind of get prepared for this movie because I did not, admittedly. No, I think. Uh, like, it's not a super long novel, but I think that would be a significant time investment. Yeah. Uh, that I don't super have right now. Yeah. Because it would be more of a time investment, probably, than watching the movie a couple times. But it also... It... it it's a good escapist thing because it's one of those it's the first books I remember that made me want to be a vampire rather than kill a vampire because <laughs> there's a lot of books that make you want to be like uh, or books and movies and whatnot that make you want to be an awesome vampire hunter This is the first one where it was like, or <laughs> what if I was a horrible monster and could fly and stuff because of flying vampire manatee is still one of my favorite images. <laughs> Last time, like I've started making merchandise, I ordered some. I think the hoodies are up to snuff, so I'll actually link those on the website uh, and give one out for free. We have a donor who's at the level where they get a free bit of merch, so I have oh, to, nice. to 
email and get their measurements, not their measurements, their how many X's they want before the L or S. But they're actually pretty comfy, uh, so I don't feel embarrassed about hawking them. But they only have the two designs. It's just like the album cover art from the the podcast, and then a heavily high contrast dark one, so it looks like a silhouette that goes well on the black ones but I've got to do more and a tote bag which the wraparound is really good actually but uh, uh, if you if you want <laughs> if you want people to be like man I mad he's what the hell is that and then to find that you're unable to explain it, even though you, for example, <laughs> make the podcast. <laughs> it's, it's a very, it's a challenge. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think 
My, my place it defaults the shadow if it's tied just because I want to do Rocketeer and don't want to like <laughs> step in and be like, well, it's my yeah. perp. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore the, all the audience requests and be like, yeah, actually, I mean, yeah, you guys were helpful, but we're going to go the other way anyway. Yeah, because... Because I voted also to get oh. started, so like I should, <laughs> once there's a, a number, enough votes, it doesn't matter anymore, I should just take mine back out, probably. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. Henry the Vampire, uh... There's a lot to talk about in it. A couple things I picked up on just reading articles and listening to other people's podcasts about it first because I want to have the news uh, is one, uh, the makeup process was apparently terrible. I actually think it's some of the best looking vampire makeup I've seen so far because they do just kind of look like corpses with weird blood stuff going on. Yeah. Like their veins stand out and they're spooky looking and it's not super cartoony. Apparently every actor had to hang upside down for about half an hour so the blood would rush their head and then the makeup artist could trace their veins. Huh. Which is more than I think you actually needed to do. I, I was, it does look very good. But I'm not sure as far as just man hours and actor suffering that's actually worth it. See, I was gonna say, why don't they do that once and then take a picture so they can model it after, you know, model the 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 vein means and that sort of thing afterwards. You don't have to have them hang upside down every day. You know? Yeah, well, I think it's because you want the... You need to be perfect because you want them actually on the parts that will stand out on the actor's face when they strain or move or or something. Um, so you actually have like a 3D effect because it's their actual. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> It, it's yeah. It does look very good, but I'm realizing how long it takes. It's, I'm not sure it's that important because I was also just fine with like the 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 bad ones in um, 
twilight as far as just yeah. being pale or everyone else. Like, you don't have to do all that, guys. Yeah, because, I mean... I mean, real talk, I did not notice that at all. I mean, I did, but I don't know how important it was. Yeah. But, okay, so, so, that's one thing that contributed towards Brad Pitt apparently hating making this movie. <laughs> okay. They would also get there, uh, they would get there after dark because they filmed all their scenes at night and then. Right. Leave. Actually, I don't know how that works. Alright, so he would, he would sleep during the day during the film of it. So he spent six months in the dark, apparently, and hated it so much that he tried to leave, but the buyout would have been $40 million. So he just stuck it out. Because they had already filmed X number of scenes with him in it. Right. Uh, which makes sense. Like, that's how contracts go. Like, yes. Which called detrimental reliance on his continued performance or whatever. Right. Um, but, no, he hated it so much he tried to leave. Which I think actually comes through a little bit. <laughs> I was gonna say, he, he definitely felt apathetic in some scenes. Yeah, which like, is kind yeah. of his character, but... Yeah, I, I, was, I was gonna say, because I... I don't remember a lot of the characterization from the books, because it's been 15 years since I've read them but I can't remember if Louis just Louis was just sort of an apathetic character to begin with because if he was then Brad Pitt performed that character admirably well but I don't remember I think he's more just a sad sack than apathetic okay so it's that uh, Tom Cruise, I don't think, hated making the movie, but Anne Rice hated that they cast him. In fact, she hated it so much because they apparently they couldn't get her first two choices and then they ignored all her other suggestions. Uh, and she hated the idea so much that she washed her hands of the movie and didn't have anything else to do with the uh, creative input making it and apparently didn't even watch it hmm. until the producers sent her a VHS copy like a year after it came out and she loved it so much 
that she wrote Tom Cruise a letter apologizing and took out two ads in, like, the New Yorker and Variety Fair, that might not be the right one, but, like, two major magazines saying she was wrong and, like, publicly eating crow about it because he did a fantastic job. <laughs> Which is A, very melodramatic, and B, really cool of her. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I've got two conflicting feelings. Like, that sounds like something the person who wrote Interview with a Vampire would do. <laughs> yeah. <But> <laughs> must have been a nice day for Mr. Cruz, I assume. Like, oh, that person who hated me apologizes for hating me and thinks I did a very good job with her stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oprah Winfrey hated this movie so much she walked out during the premiere. Okay. I don't have the quote, but she thought it was way too gruesome and that it was like a force for darkness in the world. Okay. I'm, I'm probably misquoting, making it sound crazier than it was, but just that there are, you know, there are things that make the world better and things that make the world worse. I think this movie is, is, is a, a help for badness or evil or darkness in the world or something and it shouldn't be these sort of things should be made she, she realizes this is fiction right this well, isn't I, I like a documentary I assume she hadn't seen too many horror movies at the time, and this was just... Because, I mean, it's got some... what would have been real disturbing imagery oh, in it. absolutely. Definitely. disturbing imagery. Oh, yeah. But then, like, now... You look at... Like, what's the most popular uh, horror movie franchise in America right now? It's like Saw or something. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I the, think it, we're... It is actual torture porn, basically. Like, we are circling the train. <laughs> 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 Just... Stuff that I, I mean, I think it might have just been the involvement of a child actor, yeah, or a child character because there are some, there's some really disturbing stuff in this, mostly just because it's 
not super gruesome, but in context, it's really, really dark. Yeah. Um, but that was a little funny to me, I think. Yeah, because <laughs> it came out now, it wouldn't even be considered a horror movie. It'd be like... Yeah. It's just be like a love story with yeah. some core in it. Exactly. What else? What else? Um, makeup, two and a half men choke, Brad Pitt disliked, <laughs> Oprah walkout. So, uh, apparently, uh, Slater's character. Malloy? Was it Malloy? I think so, yeah. Because in the, in the books, he's just David, right? Or Daniel. He's, he's just a first name. Okay. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll go with that. I don't remember. I haven't read the books in so long. I didn't research the book either. He was supposed to be played by River Phoenix, uh, who died oh. only a few days before this started. Who, who apparently was also kind of friends with Brad Pitt, or at least they knew each other, which is probably the reason he was not super feeling this anymore. And they got Christian Slayer to cover last minute, but he donated his entire salary for the movie to charities that River Phoenix had supported in life. Oh, that's nice. So that's, that's a really solid thing that guy did. Yeah. I, I don't have any impression of Christian Slater other than that, so I don't want to say, like, I endorse this man, but <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah. And he did just fine. Actually, he did really well, I think. Yeah. This one. I, I agree. Yeah. Might have been my second favorite character, actually. Not favorite as far as like watching, but but solid, like believable every moment performance. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all the interesting factoids I got about it. Cool. Most important I got, I got nothing. It is the it is the the first movie made out of Vampire Chronicles. The only one as far as I'm concerned because the the other one, Queen of the Damned, is a uh, it's very bad <laughs> but it's it's very bad to the point that I kind of love it. I might make you watch that one at some point, too, if you haven't I, already. I have, but it's, again, been, like, 15 years. 
awesome. <laughs> but uh, but it it misses the mark so very broadly. I don't <laughs> think this one does. <laughs> That's and there's there's talks and I don't know how far they've gone of turning the Chronicles as a whole because there's like what 17 books now or something Jesus really? well because she has she has the system that works out pretty well where she just swaps out the main characters so it's like yeah Interview the vampire, then vampire stab we the damned or the sort of big three storyline things. Yeah. Then there's uh I should actually just look this up, but no, then there's the Tale of the Body Thief and Memnoch the Devil. See if I can look up a quick list of. Because I know I read the Vampire Chronicles. I read the first three books in this in the Chronicles, but I don't remember if I read any of the other ones. So there's Interview with the Vampire, The Vampire Lestat, Queen of the Damned. Those are. Vampire Side and Queen Amber kind of the same story and a lot of the same characters from the Vampire. Tale of the Body Thief is a different thing starring Lestat, and so is Mimnock the Devil. Then there's Vampire Armand, Merrick, and Blood and Gold, which are just different main characters. Um, there's the new Tales of the Vampires, Pandora and Vittorio the Vampire. Uh, then there's Princess Star, Princess Star of the Realms of Atlantis. That's so funny, man. What? Um, <laughs> oh, no, hold on a second. I'm sorry, okay, so what? <laughs> The one that came out in 2016 is called Prince Lestat. 2016? of Atlantis. Yeah. Four forty years after... Okay. The first one. <laughs> I'm just... I'm sorry. I'm so stuck on the whole idea of... of a vampire in Atlantis. I'm sorry, it's just... I, I'm just so curious how that happened. <laughs> I might have to go read this book. I, I suspect it has nothing to do with... Or I, I suspect Atlantis isn't still a place. When I hear it, I just think more like Aquaman shit now, unless like ruined civilizations that might have old secrets sort of thing. I'm still curious 
What the fuck? Oh, in my attempt to shark, I'm reading a, a brief description of the novel right now. The novel presents a lengthy procession of blood drinkers from previous adventures as they form a united front against the possible adversary in the form of replimoid beings created many millennia ago for one specific purpose, the destruction of Atlantis and its all-powerful ruler, Amel. What? So I gotta get back into this fucking series. Jesus what? The last one I read was Merrick, but uh. <laughs> but now I'm, I'm back in. Oh, there's a huge gap. Okay, so there's. Envy Vampire's 76, oh. Style was 85, Queen Dance 88, Body Thief 92. 95, 98, 2000, Blood and Gold was 2001, then the next one, Stat, was 2014. Oh, shit. So there's been a rapid series of, relatively rapid series of three of them, and apparently now they're in Atlantis. Didn't so... Cause didn't Anne Rice start, she went to write like some heavy Christian literature like a while ago, like after all the vampire stuff? Am I remembering uh, that correctly? Maybe, well, I mean, maybe not the devil was, it had a devil in it. Did a lot of biblical stuff. I mean, part of this entire one of the themes going through this is sort of Catholicism and Catholic guilt because when she first wrote this book, apparently her own daughter had died very recently. And she had been devout Catholic her whole life and now wasn't really feeling it anymore. Mm. And so, like, Lewis going around and searching for answers and sort of that whole Armand telling Micah, I, I don't have met any gods or devils nothing one way or the other that would save or damn your soul, etc, etc. It's sort of just her coming to terms with, like, atheism. But she also wrote... Yes, in 2005 she wrote Christ the Lord out of Egypt. In 2008 she wrote Christ the Lord, the road to Cana. Hannah. Okay. 
but then apparently she got back into it. Hmm. I don't know, because she, she renounced Catholicism before writing all of these, got back into it around 2000, oh, oh, the beginning of that gap. I don't know if she got back out of it again, or what. Small, curious. Anyway, the books sound very interesting, and they're like a combined 50,000 pages or something, <laughs> so I don't know if I'm gonna get into them, but I might. Yeah. But I haven't read any of them since, like, high school anyway. Which apparently is around when she stopped writing them for a long time. <laughs> so, that fits. Yeah. My, my huge tangent there was just that she, uh, apparently does new main characters and tells their biographies which is an easier way to do it and a, a better way to do it a more fun way to do it I don't mean to say it's like shortcut or anything but then just coming up with new stuff for Lestat to do all the time like now it's historical piece about the Renaissance because that's where our want is from. Now it's a historical piece about the Roman Empire because that's when Pandora is from. And, you know, just that sort of thing. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. Not saying I'm going to go back and read them. But it was interesting. No, I'm not saying you should. But <laughs> my only point is the book this movie's based on is at this point 42 years old. God, that's crazy. And I've read older books than that, but none that I thought were basically modern. And then was yeah. reminded they weren't by the Wikipedia page of them. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. That's all I got to say on the books. Alright. Yeah, that's... You covered pretty much anything I would have wanted to, so... Dive in, or yes. All right. So, the first scene is the Golden Gate Bridge and Fisherman's Wharf and a probably famous street I didn't quite recognize. <laughs> looks sort of like the Haight-Ashbury, but I don't know that city that well, and a lot of it looks kind of the same to me. Mm. 
I'm not the biggest fan ever. It's very expensive now and still somehow smells like urine all the time. I still like it better than other cities people like more, so... <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not a city guy, just culturally I'm a city guy, but... but more comfortable in the out in the open spaces where the people don't agree with me on anything, so I don't know <laughs> how to reconcile that. <laughs> but you can build your own city. Because, no, 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 I, it just, it just, hear me out, hear me out, because, <laughs> I like you without the context, I just want to know you want to raise please continue, because, <laughs> even despite the fact that I saw Antonio Banderas' name in the credits, for some reason, my mind said Benicio Del Toro, and through the entire first time when I was watching this movie, I thought, man, I've never seen Benicio Del Toro look this skinny, but he doesn't really look like himself. And then I saw that Chris like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's Antonio Banderas. I'm a stupid fucking racist dumbass manatee. I forgot. It's a name that ends in EO. That might be the, uh... Right, but they're, they're not even remotely close to being the same. <laughs> no, not even a little, but I'm saying, like, I can see hearing the name and thinking of the other guy with the name. 
I gotta get uh, Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon mixed up all the time because they have the same number of syllables. And at first name it's four letters long, it starts with M and A. And because they both kind of look like hamburgers. Just saying that they both look delicious. Is that what you're going on right now? Well, that's part of it. Okay. But <laughs> most of the things I I don't think I'm racist against white people. I I am a little bit actually. But, <laughs> I mean that's fair. I mean you're totally totally in the right to be racist against white people because Jesus nah, it's, Christ it's it's never right but you know um, I mean white people it's a little bit less bad than it is for most other races and people well, no, I think anytime it's attributing actions to someone who didn't do them because they share a trait with someone who did is not ever individually fair. I I can see more why some people get beaten down and, and adopted, but it's never the right. why I'm like on this podcast like so you guys probably thought racism was okay <laughs> listen <laughs> I have wisdom to impart cause I'm the best <laughs> sorry <laughs> whose name starts or ends with EO may or may not be racist. It might just be linguistically challenged. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I... Yeah, possibly. But also, I'm thinking about now and Benicio Del Toro needs to be in a vampire movie. That guy is so scary already. He is so good. He'd be so fucking cool. Uh, oh my god. I just need to watch more, more movies with him in it. Just in general. Do you see Sicario? No. I don't even, I haven't even heard of that one. Made me physically ill. You should check it out. <laughs> so scary and so gross. 
Jesus, this is like recent? Yeah, it came out, uh, uh, five years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even hear about that one. Huh. Well, it's about, it's about the, the, um, drug cartel trade. Oh, okay. So scary. Huh. Uh, and probably gave a lot of people who've never been there weird impressions of Juarez, which <laughs> I've been to, and it's not like, listen, I was never once dismembered. Alright, well, I want to see that one now. <laughs> you know how it is when Americans make movies about poor countries? Yeah. Yeah. Like, wait a sec, hold on. It can't <laughs> be like this because how does anyone survive to adulthood? <laughs> like, I've found a flaw in your, uh, your vision here. And the people live there. <laughs> but still, it's a good movie, even if it shouldn't be taken as seriously as shelter people take it. Cool. I'm gonna look that one up. Oh yeah, it's, it's great. It's just not a strong argument, especially if you're <laughs> going for psychological well-being. <laughs> what, me? I'll do that. I don't know. <laughs> well, neither do I, but I feel like maybe we should start. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever gave you that impression? <laughs> um, so speaking of psychological torture, we start the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't tell if these were all extras or if they just sort of were all gutsy and took a camera outside, but a lot of the people that are passing on the street actually look at them, which is... Yeah. But just for like a second, like they've been trained not to, so then I thought, like, well, maybe they're extras that are just supposed to be like, it's a... It's a your-eye view of, like, this is how... Louie walks around and everyone thinks he's kind of spooky but doesn't say anything because it's San Francisco and that'd be rude. Yeah. Or if it could have been Lestat maybe walking around. Oh, interesting. Maybe. I thought of that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because then he like stares up at the window and he's listening on the... 
That was that wouldn't be able to talk out. It looks like a mummy. <laughs> At that point. Well, no, he oh no he didn't. Or like at the very end of the movie. Sorry, spoiler alert for the end of the movie. Um, oh yeah, the, he does We have a spoiler before every podcast. I hope we're okay. Right, I know. But I just mean like a the we're skipping from the beginning of the movie to the very end. Like, he didn't look like a mummy at the end, right? When he, uh, when no, he... there's... If you watch the very last scene again, he... He's all spooky still. Uh, I mean, he doesn't look like the Bog Corpse version, but like yeah. the... When Louis finds him in that house, and he's all pretty emaciated and yeah. brown, and like he still looks like that. And then he oh, okay. becomes fresh again after drinking. Right. Boy. Okay, that was. See, that's kind of. It's it's this isn't a problem that I have with the with the makeup effects because they are honestly really effective. It's just the fact that I can't tell the difference a lot of the time. Well, like, I think it helps because the whole thing's filmed at night and in poor lighting. Which makes the makeup effects look much realer because you can't see their details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, I am, I bear no ill will towards uh, Stan Winston, who's the guy who did the, the effects for this. Like, the effects are the effects that I could see were awesome. The problem was that I couldn't tell that a lot of the effects were even there. Like the like the like the veins being traced for uh, you know makeup not sort of thing. And the difference between uh between Lestat's sort of emaciated look and when he looked more uh, fleshed out. I don't know if that's be a good phrase for it. Like, I couldn't tell the difference in the two. the, uh... Oh, sorry. No, that was it. It was just like, I couldn't tell the difference. Anyway. Perhaps the animatronic? Uh. Should, should I have? No, because it's seamless, but Lestat is an animatronic in one scene. Was it in. Oh, was it in the one where he gets his throat cut? Yeah. Oh. That's not even Tom Cruise. That's a uh, Stan Winston art. No shit. 
Huh, cause I guess I couldn't figure out how to hook up pipes with enough volume, like, under his shirt, so he's like, what if we just make a fucking water balloon Tom Cruise? <laughs> like, alright. <laughs> what is my job? <laughs> Huh. Neat. Yeah. Okay. Alright, well, we'll get to that scene in a bit. But. So they're in San Francisco at night. Yeah, this movie has really good night lighting. Like, it actually looks like nighttime. Mm hmm. It didn't do that, just like blue contrast uh, bullshit they do in a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I think they actually just got pretty good night vision cameras and filmed it. And we've got this this uh, Stubbs, Turkle, Joseph Mitchell type who I guess just goes around interviewing people for a magazine or his blog or something. I think he said he was on the radio. On the radio? Yeah. Okay. He's, he, was, he had some radio show. He, he said, I didn't even notice it the first time I, I watched this show. I just... I heard him say some call letters uh, the second time I watched it. And I just, uh, okay, so he had the radio. I was, I was curious too if he did work for a magazine or a newspaper or something. He said he had a radio show. So, so more sense Turkle than Joseph Mitchell. I have no idea who either of those people are, but sure. <laughs> there are just some of those journalists who went around just kind of interview people for okay. human interest stories and, and were journalists, but not like report on events journalists. Okay. I think Stubbs Turkle did on radio, but I actually, like, I, I, I dropped the name, but I'm not an expert in his career. I think he might have done a lot more books than recordings. Mm. Okay. Setting up this interview, um, I like how... Uh, I like a lot how they're not showing Brad Pitt's face yet, so doing like yeah. a big reveal of. And I like how in the dark, I don't know if they even applied the makeup for the scenes where it's not well lit, but in the dark, he looks perfectly human. Mm hmm. Um, it's a neat thing. Yeah. Say up the interview, he asks if he lives there, he says it's just a room. 
that kind of sets up everything else about it. But no, he doesn't care about it. <laughs> it he does the the dopey zippy deal that I never am a huge fan of to yeah. show that he's a vampire. It's a little less silly than in Twilight because he's not at least he's not running around and like holding still so someone can see him than running around again. <laughs> but uh I mean it's not too bad. He, he he at least does things to make sense. He turns a light on then sits down very fast, which was yeah. what you would do anyway. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's a chance meeting. Like he didn't—he didn't hunt this guy down or anything. He just found a, a reporter for the first time in a hundred years, and was like, "Okay, well, this is what we're doing tonight." Yeah. <laughs> I thought he said that he was, he had planned to, you know, drink Malloy's blood, but I guess, I don't know if that was a ruse or not. So I can't remember for sure if he actually said that. No, no he didn't. That, that's the thing. Like, he wasn't, he didn't know he was a reporter. He wasn't. Oh, for the interview, he was just, I'm out because it's Tuesday, and I eat people on Tuesday. <laughs> oh. Well, let's not eat this one. Let's <laughs> not yet, anyway. <laughs> and I, and I kind of wonder how many times it's happened before, like... You just walk up and he was gonna eat something. It turns out, it turns out they're a really good carp, and they're like, "Oh, actually, you're gonna have him build a table for me instead." <laughs> just individual adventures of. Louie deciding not to eat his food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got a whole, like, carpentry for the vampire. <laughs> Financial planning for the vampire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> God. The <laughs> state sale of the vampire. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> whenever he meets a special, he's like, oh, you know what? Actually, <laughs> I do need new specifically fitted shoes. Like, well, I can do that. I'm a cobbler. Like, oh. Then you live. <laughs> Shoes of the vampire. Shoes of the
series of novels. And then each one of them has the ongoing life they eventually... They all eventually find Lestat and turn into vampires. <laughs> and just had this whole, like... Squad of tradesmen. It's like, what was special about you? It's like, nothing. He just picks up people. River Sunset and I really the sets in this movie are fantastic I really feel like it's a, a decent historic piece and that we are somewhere else like they apparently filmed in New Orleans and had to do a bunch of stuff with like CGI or CGI boats over telephone poles and stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, but I think part of the reason it, it's so successfully atmospheric is they actually went to these places that didn't like tried to evoke New Orleans just fucking went to New Orleans. Oh, nice. So they didn't, like, just film in Los Angeles or Vancouver or wherever. They actually went to location. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they, they filmed in New Orleans and Paris and, uh... Oh, nice. Uh... uh, uh London, I guess, for a lot of it. Hmm. Cool. I think that's where all the, like, set things were, like, the theater. Yeah. Oh. And stuff yeah. Where, you know, a London soundstage. Okay. Because I don't think they let them actually go and film in the catacombs. <laughs> like, so what are you going to do out of here? It's like, oh, burn it? <laughs> like, well... <laughs> uh, we have a slight problem with that. Handsome, but wants to be poor and dead, and just can't get right. 
Well, his, his wife died in childbirth, so he's a sad man. And he hates his life. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's a decent... I think that's a change, actually. Because in the book, I think it was his brother, right? I, I can't remember. Because I recall in the book... I remember a lot about the book for having read it like more than a decade ago. Because in the book, he still lived with his father. Oh. His father was blind, and that's why they went through all the motions of like eating off of empty plates and stuff. Oh. Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the movie, because. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone can see that you're lying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was like... It, it, in the book, it was a much uh, better life he was taken away from. Okay. Whereas in this one, like, his family's dead, he's a slave owner. Uh, yeah. And he's, he's really rich, but, like, he's, he's gotta know he's a bad guy. <laughs> and, uh, he doesn't have a family, and he's still super rich attractive and stuff, but, but it's not like, I don't even know where I'm going with this. That's uh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I get I, what you mean. I didn't get his whining quite as much in the movie as I did in the book, because like, well, what you leave behind, really, like... Money and suicide attempts? Come on. <laughs> uh, so he wanted to lose his estate and his wealth. They've got this like weird poker game where he invites some guy who threatens to shoot him over a poker game to actually shoot him and he won't. <laughs> Then he gets mugged by a pimp and fly bitten all at once. Because surprise will stop. <laughs> I gotta say, the um, the way the pimp was walking behind them was fucking fantastic. He had a really cool pimp walk going. I really appreciate. <laughs> I really appreciated that part. That's how he identifies himself as a pimp. It's like yes. he doesn't have a cane or platforms yet, but he walks as if he does. Yes, exactly. It was fucking fantastic. Uh, yeah, and then so. 
he gets threatened. Then Lestat is Lestat. So. <laughs> I just love. Lestat just shows up like surprised <laughs> so often in this movie. <laughs> Depression around him. 
I don't know. Yeah, Louie can make people want to be around him, even though he's super mopey. <laughs> yeah. And I know in, in, in the books there's like some can set people on fire with their minds and some can turn invisible or something. Hmm. I didn't... Uh, I, I'm guessing just based on the movie and what little recollection I have, didn't Armand have some sort of persuasive powers of some sort? At least it felt like that way, that way in the movie. Maybe, but I don't know if it... Oh yeah, because he, he puts that one lady to sleep just by, like, waving at her or something. Right? Yeah. Um, so that's a thing you can do, apparently. Mm-hmm. It, it, so it seems like they... Well, yeah, they do the same thing as in Twilight, but this one came first, or whatever. Where everyone got different powers. Mm -hmm. Um, if I was gonna write my own thing, well, I'll get back to that, because they they do at some point pretty soon that scene, they do it all of them they go down their rules and I want to talk about that but I'll wait till it comes yeah, up yeah same but yeah let's we'll, we'll get to that they've got a weird bedroom scene where the stuff's just watching <laughs> sleep and they're <laughs> to answer your prayers Apparently very important to Louis. Fair enough. 
<laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, when he was watching his last sunset, did you see how goddamn gorgeous he was in that sunrise? I mean, really, you gotta take it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's Brad Pitt in the sunrise. I mean, really, that is a pretty huge thing to give up for him. Well, no, it's not, though, because it's... Because then you still get to be Brad Pitt under, like, halogen lights in the food court. Like, it's not... <laughs> it doesn't matter to him like it can matter to other people. <laughs> I know, I'm just trying to think of his character's motivations for wanting to see this. Uh, that's all. <laughs> well, there's like, there's the murder thing, which of, is of course the right. downside, except uh, apparently you can get by on, on poultry. Yeah, poultry or like rats or whatever. Yeah, which, like, isn't as satisfying because you always want to murder or whatever, but, like, that's... It's like, whatever. I mean, the poultry's gonna get killed anyway, and no one wants to eat vermin. They just want to kill it, so... Whatever. Yeah, like, all, all he needs to do is instead of only making friends with the reporters, make a friend with someone who works at a slaughterhouse. You never even have to move. Yeah. It's like, okay, but around when you're murdering animals anyway, because that's how our entire culture functions, let me get in there. <laughs> like... <laughs> I'll, I'll put on a plastic smock and I'll work on Tuesdays. Yeah. That'll, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess you get, you get really unmanageable hair. You don't even get unmanageable hair. You just get voluminous hair. It's very manageable. Well, it's, it's just your hair, well, when you're when you're turned, yeah. Well, what's the whole idea that your hair doesn't change from when from like the last from when you're turned, right? It stays the same until you you die, basically. Yeah, but it gets like auto permed. Mm, it seems like. Which is, which is fine, because it's still super manageable, I guess. But, yeah. like, that's, that's the only downside, is you can't ever shave, which, whatever. Eh, I don't care how to do that already. Obviously, being a manatee, I don't shave. 
everything gets lighter at night because he's got nocturnal vision. He can, like, see everything's veins if they're warm-blooded. Huh. Like, that's cool. I get that. That's a different thing. And I can keep in mind that's how he can see things. That's why he can't hide shadows from them. Like, I get it. Statues may or may not stare at you. It's a, <laughs> it's a, I don't know how that comes up later. I I don't think it does. Yeah. I don't. I can't consider any reason why it would. cool if like any piece of art you can like have a short conversation with <laughs> short non-verbal like yeah yeah trying <laughs> on different ties in front of because it'll it'll give you stink eye if you look bad so it's just this should be super handy if you don't have a reflection, but oh, yeah. too, so it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Maybe that is why they do it. I don't know. Well, but, but in, in this one, they, they have reflections and show up on film and stuff. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, which, uh... Gets me right to my next point because this is when it cuts back. Sorry, mm-hmm. this is when it cuts back to uh, the the room with Slater. Yeah. So they can break down the rules of vampires in this version, mm-hmm. which. I think this movie is better than a lot of vampire movies. It can't get past doing this thing. They always have to do this fucking thing. Yeah. So in this version, crosses don't do anything. Stakes don't do anything. Coffins, for some fucking reason, are very important. (laughs) And that's all we get. They don't belabor it too much. It doesn't have the whole, like, breakdown shot of one getting set on fire, like fireworks. But it's still like, show us, don't tell us. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they show us the coffin thing, but the rest of it. Well, I mean, they sort of show it. Well, no, show those things, but they show stuff afterwards when. with Lestat's many deaths. Which we'll yeah. get to, but... 
they show how flammable they are, they can heal and stuff, so they, they, they do it half right. Yeah. Like, they, they, they should have cut the scene out altogether is all I'm saying. Just this first, the, the, the ten seconds in the room where like, no, just let, 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 let's figure it out. Yeah. It's okay to be magic, you're vampires. <laughs> yeah. But, I've seen so many vampire movies at this point that I've come up with my own set of rules where if I ever make one, here's how it's gonna go. Alright. If I'm making a vampire movie, their fangs are gonna be like snake fangs where they sort of bend back to the roof of their mouth. Okay. And they're hollow like hypodermic needles, so when they come out and they're drinking people's blood, it goes right into their bloodstream, like envenoming something backwards. Because that makes more sense to me than, like, reorganizing an entire human stomach. <laughs> and, because then it would be, like, instantaneous, like, of course, get right into their system, and blah, blah, blah. And then you can have the whole hypodermic needle analogy, because their blood addiction could be an analogy for whatever the current major opiate addiction is, etc, etc. So that could be a whole thing. And I think the closer you get to like Dracula-ass weird mystic rules, the better, because that's half the fun. So I think in my version, everything from Dracula, like they can't go over running water, uh, and they can't walk on places where like the dead are blessed or something, <laughs> uh, would all stay true, but it could go out its could go outside in the daytime because that's fun but don't have any powers during the daytime so the sun doesn't kill them but it makes them just some dude mm. who can get killed with a bowie knife which is what actually happens to Dracula <laughs> like people forget that like how does Dracula get slammed? Like, oh, a guy named Quincy stabs him with a fucking Bowie knife during the daytime and he dies. <laughs> like, that's. <laughs> yeah, there was, a, there was a line later on which we may or may not talk about. Uh, but I might as well bring it up now since since we're talking about Dracula where uh, where Louis says something about uh, all of the all of the rumor 
rumors of like Dracula and that sort of thing being the the ramblings of a drunken Irishman. I thought the the vulgar fictions of a demented Irishman. Right. I, I wrote it down. Okay. Y'all caps letters. Hold up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you want to talk about that now or do you want to wait till later? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it then. Because that right now I'm trying to sell you on my stupid version of vampires. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, just that it felt like it, it felt like it might have been something to talk about now, but yeah, let's wait till we actually get to the scene in question. I should have written that thing down, too, but I did not for some reason. <laughs> oh, man, I'm pretty much done. That it, in my version, they would decompose when they didn't get blood. So, if one smelled really bad and looked like a corpse, it's because they hadn't fed for too long. Okay. They wouldn't show up in mirrors, but they also wouldn't show up on camera for the exact same mythical reason they don't show up in mirrors, which is how they would actually be able to survive in the modern world. Okay. Because otherwise security cameras would be what does them in. And the Department of Defense would have wiped out vampires in like the 70s. <laughs> so if I'm making a vampire movie, they follow those couple of rules, which are bringing in as many as possible because they don't like the whole we're ignoring these rules and keeping these ones like yeah. ignore everything or keep everything yeah like the more weird stuff you can pile in there the better or why are you doing it mm-hmm. it's exactly. basic uh, science yeah I get it makes sense to me sweet yeah so when are we going to start filming? You know, I actually, I wrote a, uh, not a spec script, because a spec script, I think, is an entire script, but I wrote an outline for one that I was actually planning on maybe submitting at some point to somewhere. Oh, nice. Because, like, I, I, I'm a couple, like, I'm three or four degrees of separation from a couple Hollywood types that 
I think probably have everyone and their mother who they know always trying to shop things through to them, so I didn't actually want to, but I thought if, it was, if I thought it was actually good, I might. But, freaking Henry Rollins of all people made a movie very similar to my idea huh. like three years ago called He Never Died wow. except in his he's like the biblical Cain or something central premise that he's actually just sort of bummed out and it's been too long so he doesn't have any motivation so it's more a story about like just drug addiction trying not to make waves because you're illegal (laughs) which is what mine was about was kind of already done, but in this weird way that didn't quite get what I was getting at, but it's way too close at this point. <laughs> Mine would seem like a rip-off unless it changed everything. And, uh, that happens a lot, actually. I think I need to, like, I need an exhaustive knowledge of everything that's already out there before I start writing because otherwise I'm accidentally remixing something someone else made. (laughs) Yeah. But you might be interested in that movie if you want to see kind of what I had in mind, but done better in a few ways and worse than some, actually. Like, I think think it, it missed some marks I would have tried to hit, but whatever. So it's called He Never Died? Yeah. Okay. It's, uh... Like, the, the first half hour or so is pretty much what the first half hour mine would have been. Then it goes in this weird direction that you may or may not like uh, I, I don't mean to I'm too close to it I don't <laughs> have an honest opinion of it okay that's fair um sorry one second I'm gonna put my coat back on because it's dark <laughs> I'm back alright some reason need to stay in coffins even though it seems like they don't actually yeah no other the only other rule that seems to apply for vampires is sunlight kills them which we don't even learn until 
much later in the movie. Yeah, how can I comment on Anastasia? Like, if, if it's just that they're sunproof, then, like, why not? Sleep in a heavy sleeping bag or put out curtains and then. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't get it. They cut the weird garden party where they're killing the waitress. Mm hmm. And they're just super bold, like they're right out there <laughs> with everyone. <laughs> it's it's the first hint you get that like getting exsanguinated in this world is some sort of weird orgasm thing. Yeah. At first it seems like that, and then of course when people realize that they're dying, they tend to not enjoy it quite as much. Seems like. Yeah, they freak out once they realize what's happening to them, but not because it's happening to them, just because they realize the implications. Mm-hmm. Which is weird, I don't know, like, I can see it would be a lot easier to be a vampire in a world where everyone loves getting bitches <laughs> but that's not, like, I don't know if they have some sort of weird venom thing or like a mind control thing, they never really talk about it. I mean, they—I feel like they must at at least to a point, because I, I think it was mind control. That was what I was thinking of for Armand, because he definitely seems to have some pretty significant psychic powers, and maybe all vampires in this universe have some sort of innate psychic ability to make people more trusting of them, maybe? Well, more trusting, sure, but it's been like once they get bitten, they never, like, act like I do when I get bitten. Well, they, they do, but it takes them, like, ten seconds, and by that time, they're already mostly drained of their own blood, which is like, Jesus Christ, you guys. Well, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, in the ten seconds up to it, it's like a weird massage slash... Yeah. Sex acts thing, uh, which makes sense for the vampires to get off on it. Yeah, I don't get why random people do. Uh, it's it's let's just chalk it up to it's 1791, and 
people are really fucking weird. No, no, because it still happens to the modern ones, too. Okay, yeah. Well, I think a lot of people took... I don't know. I got nothing, honestly. Well, I'm just saying, it's a, it's a, it's a new, it's another thing with, like, the Anne Rice universe that would make it a lot easier to be a vampire. Because, mm-hmm. like, everyone loves getting killed. Yes. Which is... <laughs> yeah, like... Oh, how convenient. <laughs> what would you like to do tonight? How so can we go get killed? Me too! <laughs> like... <laughs> that's really easy to roll with. Yeah? Uh, so they're back to fake eating dinner. This rat scene is pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know, he, like, he squeezes it like it's a piece of fruit to get the juice out of it. Yeah. Well, he, like, he breaks its neck by, like, twisting it like <laughs> a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Because we don't know how long those people were dead before Lestat drank from them, so... Uh, I don't know. I guess so. I, well, I don't know. He says later on when, when it's Claudia, he stops her and he says, If you drink while they die, they'll take you down with them. Yeah. But then, like, he already killed the rat. So it's afterwards is safe, then it's suddenly not safe at some point. It's, I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah. Again, it's, it's not, it's not really well explained. Bit of a loophole. It's a strange, it's an odd, it's, yeah, it's an unusual, (laughs) Uh, yeah, Uh, 
and Lestat's like, okay, you can do this, but try murder. <laughs> and Louis like, no. <laughs> What's sad is that's actually what I was thinking pretty much the entire movie for Louis. Like, I don't want it. It's like a spoiled child. I don't want to kill you. What? Yeah, there's there's three things that recur in this movie a lot. Surprise, you're like, surprise, let's stop. <laughs> uh, Louie be like, no. <laughs> and Louie trying to burn down all his problems. <laughs> I mean, like, we'll get to it, but he does it three times during the course of this movie. (laughs) It's a lot of fire. And it half works three times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. So, so you do the montage of, like, how the stop do mm-hmm. it's two or three kills a night they say which seems excessive but I guess in a big enough city it's fine yeah Moonwood even has like a, a, a pattern like Trinity from Dexter it's like the first one What, like a, a, a beautiful youth or something? Something like, like that, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he, he likes high society snobbery. Mm-hmm. It's like halfway towards uh, Dexter because it's the only show I know about the serial killer you're supposed to think is kind of a good guy <laughs> but um like he, he does this almost half vigilante thing where he's trying to convince her like no no it's okay she murdered her husband like we're gonna it's fine yeah Could, because he's a telepath and that's one of his powers. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he takes him out and he's got this perfect situation like, look, it's a murderer and the lady who hired him to do murder for her, it couldn't be better eat this one. Yeah. And Louis like, no! <laughs> <laughs> so he eats her dog instead. He eats poodles. <laughs> which... <laughs> um, and this, I, I love this because uh, he 
freaks out on the set and throws him around to this pretty poorly wired. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. Uh, I love how Cruz plays his little stats <laughs> just laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and not like evil laughing or stage laughing. Yeah. Like just, just like just having mirthful like <laughs> it's like they're dancing. He's having so much fun. <laughs> yeah, and that's just like when like when you're like baby cousin who's like six years old is mad at you <laughs> and like tries to cut your leg off with a foam sword or something like what are you doing you little idiot <laughs> like you can't hurt me yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just it's it's just a really good moment where he's oh, yeah. just he's so abused this <laughs> tiny man is trying to hurt him <laughs> <in> anyway. Um, <laughs> it's pretty great. But then I guess He's also out killing Louis' slaves, like, in their own front yard all the time? I... I guess? I don't know. So he says, like, you know, if you want to eat rats, eat rats. It's fine. But then the next montage is, like, them fishing bodies out the, it's it's the slaves it's it's yeah black people on Louis's property wearing the the rag clothes that just from Hollywood at least signal to me the enslaved people I don't know if it's there's actually a uniform like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, fishing dead bodies out of the river and, like, weeping over them and then, like, Lestat's complete lack of self-control <laughs> they can't even stay in there. <laughs> like, it's... It's pretty grotesque. Mm-hmm. So then they... The, the the slaves all know what's going on, mm-hmm. um, or at least kind of know what's going on, because of course they do. Because what is he doing? <laughs> and they're like trying to do an exorcism or something. I don't know what the the ritual is. I suspect it is hugely inaccurate. I I just um, figured they were gonna plan to burn down the the mansion. Oh, but they're doing specifically like a uh, some sort of voodoo esque. Mm. Like they're dancing around a bonfire and they have like a, a yeah. chicken, right? 
Yeah. Uh, I know very little about voodoo. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so this might actually be pretty close to the mark, but I feel like it's not. Mad at Lestat for not having any answers. Mm. Because, of course, he doesn't. Lestat's amusing himself by throwing olives at Louie. So. Lestat leaves, and Louis' favorite slave, Yvette, who's played by a young Tandy... Tandy Newton? Oh, yeah. Tries to stage an intervention, and it gets eaten instead. <laughs> Which, I guess, is the last straw, but I don't know if the people outside knew she was even because a torch mob finally shows up. Mm-hmm. Because he killed Yvette? Or they well, didn't even know about it? That was their slaves, right? That was his slaves. Yeah. They were, yeah. I don't know. But so is she. Right, yeah. He's our good guy. Our good guy, keep in mind. He's a, he's a slave owner who murders his own people. Like, <laughs> like Lestat seems worse, but I feel like he wouldn't ever own people. He would just kill 2% of them a year or something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he would. I can't tell. Probably. I don't know. Don't think so, but... I'm just saying, for, for sensitive soft boys, I'm supposed to feel sorry for... <laughs> Uh, it's like, wait a second. <laughs> so, Louis freezes slaves and takes one of the torches and burns his mansion down. <laughs> Louis burns down his problems. Take one. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, just Lestat bursting in the window. <laughs> surprise, Lestat! Yeah. <laughs> um, bursting in the window and then scolding him. <laughs> some of my favorite. Yes. Just, oh, perfect. Just burn it. <laughs> Let's just burn it. Oh, now we get to live in a pasture. 
this run. <laughs> I loved how just mad he was that they burned down the house he was gonna live in. <laughs> I guess this is where we keep our stuff. <laughs> Uh-huh. 
to go see if there's any like gross dead bodies he can he can look at. And there is one. Yep. <laughs> um But there's a kid by it. Kirsten Dunn's fucking kills it. She is, like, yeah. By far, I think, like, the the best, well, yeah. No, she's fucking awesome. Like, I was, I was never super impressed by anything she did later on, but this is pretty... Because, like, in this movie, she has to play a 12-year-old, doesn't know what's going on. And then, a, like, a 80 year old trapped in a 12-year-old's body. Mm-hmm. And, like, a, a, a crazy monster in the meanwhile somewhere. And, like, she manages to do all of these. Mm-hmm. Like, successfully. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Now, and this, I think, I totally understand the reason for doing this, but I'm pretty sure in the books, wasn't Claudia supposed to be like five years old? Or something. Yeah. Like an actual I don't child. Think you can find. No, yeah, absolutely like not. A, no. Like more doll size, like less than three feet tall. Yeah. Like an actual, like. But I can see why, of course, you yeah, can't. I totally get why they aged her up, because, like, you can't. You can't do that with an actual... Like, there are no five- or six-year-old actors who could actually do that. Yeah. Like, the kid actors usually suck. Mm-hmm. And the fact you found a 12-year-old who doesn't is already amazing. Like, don't push it. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> So there's, uh, Louie gives in and drinks this little girl, Uh, I guess because he assumes she's pretty much dead anyway, she has the plague and her family's dead, Mm -hmm. or... Just because there's no one around, she's helpless. Like, I can't tell which direction it goes. But it's pretty... It's pretty low. Yeah. And Lestat sees and it's his best day ever. <laughs> and he's so happy. I know. <laughs> it's a huge grin on his face. He's just laughing. It's like, ah, knew you were going to do it eventually. Uh, I love like, Louie, my philosopher. <laughs> Holy crap, look what you did. <laughs> 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 
Except the dead monsters <laughs> Super gross, but too so funny. Oh my god, oh, that was Like an angel thing again. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you know that <laughs> angel's the good guy, and you know he's the one you're supposed to root for. But Spike's so much oh, better. God, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. 
It's like, well, now we have a dog. <laughs> and you're stuck. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's the only analogy I came up with. No, that's... Uh, a bunch of other people probably have too, because that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Cuts back to Slater for a second. Just because that's what they do when they're switching out of, like, real-time back to montages. Yeah, I never noticed. I never noticed if there was a if there was rhyme or reason to it, but that is probably why. Yeah, I think that's just when they signal either a major's major time and place change or a now we're speeding up, now we're slowing down, sort of thing. Okay. Because now we get this, this playing house montage. Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually pretty cute. Uh, <laughs> like how she, you know, they get her own little, like, child coffin but he still sneaks out because she wants to sleep in bed with dad it's just she's tiptoeing around the sunlight beams the light that's pretty cute actually how she does her fucked up fishing by just going out and acting helpless until someone comes on and tries to help her then she eats them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if she even, you know, like there was that, that scene with the doll maker who was really goddamn creepy. The doll maker was creepy. And it's yeah. like, she just. Yeah, but the yeah. <laughs> too expensive for you, and then just yeah. cuts to <laughs> she's walking down the street with it. Yeah, Dominic is presumably dead. <laughs> and uh, the p piano instructor. That was so. <laughs> I love that shit because it's like. Like he falls and plays the the end of the chord at the end of the song perfectly as he's dead, and then of course she gets scolded by Lestat, who's like, "No killing in the house." Well, it's not the. Like, the way his clothes like, never in our house, like, takes yeah. her hand and swats <laughs> it, like, pretty gently. Yeah. But, like, no, no, no. <laughs> um, 
but it's sort of because of this montage and how well done it was and how, like, Lestat actually seems to dote over her and... Like, you get the feeling Lestat isn't as much a sociopath as he wants to be. Yeah. Because he, like, actually loves this pet <laughs> daughter he yeah. For a while? Yeah. But, but the problem is, I don't really see why she hates him so much, because that part comes on pretty suddenly, it seems like. I think the explanation was because they were walking through New Orleans and she was wondering, like, am I ever actually gonna grow up? Because she saw some some ladies singing in a in a window or something. And she was questioning them, saying, "You know, when am I gonna, when I gonna, when am I gonna become her or something?" And yeah. they didn't really answer her because she's never gonna grow up. And she kind of freaks out and wants to know, you know. She, like, screamed at them, who did this to me? You know, which one of you turned me into this? I guess she was mad at Lestat because he was the one who... Well, Lou was the one who took her life. Lestat was the one who gave her the new life. As a vampire, I think that's why she was she was mad at Lestat, honestly. But that was I get why she's mad at him for the one thing. I don't get why she hates him and loves Louie. Oh, be oh, just even the, because of because the fact they that seem to, because Lestat's the one who's who's doting over her, while Louis just doesn't really because you never see Louis actually doing anything with her at that point in the movie, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's but weird. Lestat seems like the one that she would be more attached to. No, that makes sense. No, I don't fucking get that at all. They they do another pretty good passage of time here where, like, their fashion changes and their steamboats now. Yeah. And he just sort of says in the the voiceover, like, and I guess we're all Americans. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's when Louisiana purchased that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then there's, yeah, the, the naked woman scene. I think she was bathing in the window, right? 
Oh, I guess. I, I know she was singing. I didn't realize if she was bathing or not. Yeah, because she's, oh, okay. she's naked. And she's oh. like, close your window, ladies. That's when Claudia throws the tantrum. Then it's that lady, I think, who's the corpse. She's hiding under all of her dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's Claudia's 30th birthday. <laughs> um, and she realizes that Lestat gives her dolls on the same day every year mm -hmm. and then she freaks out and she's throwing a bunch of them away and then he realizes she's been keeping this lady's corpse on her bed under her dolls and he seems mad because that's a dirty and he's befouling <laughs> and she's befouling the house but then when he realizes what the tantrum's about, he just sort of like falls out and sits down. Mm -hmm. Which was a pretty great moment. Yeah. Uh, where like Louis following after, like trying to figure out what's wrong and cheer her up and list up. And stuff, and the staff's just sort of like, oh. <laughs> oh, I've made a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> and then he turns into a huge dick, like, overnight, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's just threatening to replace both of them, then mocking her for not throwing <laughs> up and stuff. Yeah. Just being as huge a dick as possible as he can. Yep. But that that's why it was weird to me. It's like it's very sudden. Like now I get why she hates him. Yeah. Thirty-five seconds ago he was trying so hard. Yeah. I don't know. It might have been... I mean... I don't know if it was specifically overnight or if it might have been over a period of weeks. We don't know. It's kind of a problem. We don't know if there was another time skip. I'm guessing not, but... He could have just been treating her like... like shit for you know, days or weeks and she kind of just got sick of it. I, I don't know, though. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, it's... For, to us... I, I can figure out what happened, but I'm just... Yeah. This seems like it was... It got a little short for me. Yeah. Uh... As far as the details that I need to figure out exactly what's going on. Yeah. Because Claudia's 
At this point, Claudia's my protagonist. Like, I'm <laughs> supposed to be Louie, but he's just kind of there. So I'm rooting for and feeling for this poor little girl because she's never going to be a woman and I'm never going to be a woman. Yeah, I uh, totally get that. And she has the same thing where, like, she sees this super hot, naked Creole woman through a window bathing, and she wants to be a super hot Creole woman. I want to be a super hot Creole woman. Yeah. You see them up there, like, on the rowboats above the bayou, and they have legs, and they can walk places, and I'm like, why not me? Oh, man. Um, It's like you're reading my mind. But then, sometimes they throw me a head of lettuce, and I can hold my breath for half an hour. No, they can't do that, so it bounces out. That's fair. (laughs) <laughs> which is I think they do a callback to this actually in Tale of the Body Thief because that's the one where there's a guy who can swap bodies with people and Lestat sort of mentions like, man, I wish you'd met this guy when Claudia was still alive. Because <laughs> you can become a woman or an old man. Uh, okay. It's a creepy book. Because hmm. he's also a serial killer and he swaps bodies when he's done and then some innocent guy gets the death sentence because he's off a new body. Oh, jeez. It's a messed up book. Yeah. But the, uh, he knows the stop misses being human wants to try it out, so he convinces him to trade for a day and then steals his body. (laughs) Oh, jeez. And that's, that's not, a big spoiler that's in the first, like, quarter of the book, and then it's Lestat's this guy who suddenly has to, like, poop and eat again and doesn't quite know how to, (laughs) trying to get back this, at this point, immensely powerful weapon this crazy guy has, which is just... His post Queen of the Damned flying telekinetic. <laughs> Weird book. Should have ended there, probably. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Okay, so sorry, that was a huge tangent. Not too okay. much. That's okay. So she brings these, like, cherubic little, uh, 
Botticelli painting kids. <laughs> and tricks will start into drinking from them. Which is also kind of depressing because you feel like Lestat was actually pretty relieved that she forgave him. And yeah. like, can we be friends again actually? And like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> of course you can't, you psycho. <laughs> Dead blood is suddenly poisonous. Well, it's... I... Yeah. It's dead laudanum-infused blood, and I thought that could have been the thing, but he keeps saying, like, you fed me dead blood, blah, 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 yeah. instead of, like, you fed me eight lethal doses of laudanum, blah, 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 which would be... Well, he's, he's not dying, though, right? Is It looks like he's sort of dying, but he's probably just very weak, it seems like, because he keeps asking Louis to help, to help him get into his coffin, I guess, to heal up over the night or something. Yeah, or it's just he can't move because he's got dead blood instead of life blood, which is what moves your muscles around or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird... But so she slits throat just to be sure. Yeah, and boy is he a gusher. It is, I mean, he's got... What, eight people's blood in or yeah, something? Yeah, it's super gross. It's a lot of blood. And the, uh... Her little kid slippers <sighs> with the blood and, like, asking Louie to pick her up because she's afraid of the blood. Yeah. <laughs> After she just almost decapitated this guy. Yeah. It's a weird, it's, that creeps me out a lot for some reason. Like, not the animatronics spouting out everywhere, which is kind of gross, but like, that was a really striking scene, I don't know. Yeah. The, the suddenly being afraid of it because it's gross and dead. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it was specifically Lestat's blood. She was just kind of was like coming to get her. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So they. They bury him in the swamp. Yep. Louis upset because he wasn't consulted about this one. <laughs> uh, they throw him in the swamp. 
and she's like, now we can be free. And Louie's like, maybe we should die too, man. <laughs> Such a bitch. Suddenly free Europe. Yeah, and a brief comeback to Slater and be like, so then we did other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she has a sudden obsession with finding other vampires, which seems new. Uh, it's, a, it's a cool one. I get why you would want that. I would too, but it's kind of out of field, like, oh, now we're on this quest. Yeah, yeah I, maybe, sh I mean, obviously the reason why is because I guess they want to see if they're the only ones left, or the only vampires in the world, so she's trying to find out if there are other ones, but yeah, it does come kind of out of left field. So then, very quickly, Lestat's back. Yes. Because, and surprise, Lestat! <laughs> so, okay, I wanted to point this out in the last scene where he was playing the piano but it like it, I, whenever that was happening this scene and then this scene and then this scene when he's I'm explaining this very poorly the two scenes where Lestat's playing the piano they shoot it at obvious angles to show that he's obviously not playing the piano which really bothers me for some reason like I'm not expecting Tom Cruise to learn to play the piano for two scenes in a movie but it definitely looked like Kirsten Dunst either learn to play the piano or knew to play the piano because she was definitely seemed like she was playing the piano in a couple scenes where she was playing the piano but the scenes with Tom Cruise playing the piano they're shooting it from angles where you can't actually see his hands and this just bothers me for some reason because it always does in movies where actors have to play instruments and if they don't actually know how to play the instruments then they just shoot it in obvious ways to make it look like they're playing instruments when they're not playing their instruments because they don't fucking know how to play the instruments. 
Wait, so you're saying not that it's obvious he's not playing it, but that they've made it obvious they're not showing he can't play it, so you can't tell that he's not playing it. Right. Because the way they shoot the scenes, you know, they're shooting it for he's like facing over the piano, but his hands aren't, aren't visible, so he can, he can mime like he's playing the piano, but he's not, obviously. And like it just but how how do you prefer to do it? I, I'm not saying that there is a prefer a preferred way to do, prefer preferable way to do it. I'm just saying that whenever film whenever filmmakers do that kind of shit, it just bothers me. <laughs> yeah, because this is just a noticeable trope. This point. Yeah, I mean there are there are a couple moments during the the scene after he's sunk in the swamp when he's all desiccated, where they show his desiccated hands playing the piano, but it's not him because they just show the hands playing. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, just. The, the whole thing where actors uh, have to either fake like they're playing instruments or they have to shoot the camera angles so that they're, it's not obvious that they're not playing the instruments just bothers me in general. I'm sorry. It, it doesn't bother me. Me, but it does bother me when professional musicians obviously aren't really playing their instruments. Uh, yeah, it's me. That's that's, that's also fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I just that that bothers me. It it just. It reminds me of there was a... I tried to watch a biopic of Jimi Hendrix like 15 years ago. And the actor... Like they were trying to show him playing the guitar on stage. But he was obviously not playing the music. And it really bugged me. (laughs) So... It's just something that bothers me sometimes. It's not as obvious with other movies, but it really bothers me with in this one. It doesn't even bother me. It's just like it's all I could pay attention to was watching Tom Cruise mind playing the piano in two separate scenes. You actually. You actually do play the piano, right? Uh, Oh, I I used to, but yeah. Anyway, 
Sorry. Sorry for going on that ridiculously long tangent that means absolutely nothing to anyone else. <laughs> no, but that's... I mean, that's... That's why they call you Magic Fingers Sam. Like, I can oh. see it would be, uh... Yeah, totally. Because... Because you always ask me like, why they call them Magic Fingers. And I was like, because the piano. Right. Yeah. And fucking... No, just, well, the just, piano, just the piano. <laughs> I'm lonely. <laughs> well, uh... <laughs> so, um... So... talk about that so Tom Cruise is desiccated. So Tom Cruise is desiccated, much like my love life. And uh <laughs> And then Louie comes in the lifeless dot on fire. And there's probably some other stuff, right? Yeah, well I mean he's he's He's, he's such a dramatist. Um, yeah. He rings the doorbell, or knocks on the door. Yeah. Because he wants to surprise him. Oh, but he goes down to look out, and he hides from it. It's just a... <laughs> off of the side. <laughs> And then shows up and smacks Louie and he's like, ah! And school sounds like, surprise us that! <laughs> and <laughs> Louie runs upstairs, but stats there too, with the curtains around him so he can be all spooky playing the piano. <laughs> doesn't look that bad. Like, he, he... I think they tried to do him up like a bloated, sort of like bog corpse, but he doesn't... He sort of just looks dirty, you know? Yeah. Well, he did say that he was feeding on, like, an alligator and frogs and snakes, so he's getting blood. So it's not like oh, he's wretched life of Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but he looked a lot worse when they dropped him in there. It's like his... Oh, yeah. His spooky animatronic dead self was something else. Yeah. I gotta watch that scene again. Knowing it's an animatronic, I didn't realize that. Uh, it's I need to, so I need to watch them again. <laughs> I wrote my notes. Yay, he's back! I don't even know if the first time I thought he was actually dead, but they didn't. 
It didn't really let it sit for very long. I feel like it's my ending thing. Possibly. uh, Like, they... It's a death fake out, Minnie. Don't worry, we're just faking it. Like a minute and a half of screen time apart. Mm -hmm. Or something. It's not... I didn't have time to think he was actually dead. Yeah, that's true. So then, uh, Louis burns down all his problems, take two. (laughs) 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 Throws an oil lamp down, burns down like all of New Orleans. (laughs) I was gonna say... Last time he just burned down his own property. This time he's burning down the entire French Quarter. That's a bit of a dick move. Yeah, it's Fred's run off the boat and just watch the city burn. Yeah. While the stud does nothing to help, he's oh my god! Yeah, he's like running around and crawling up the ceiling while he's on fire. Which I gotta say, and I I will say this for pretty much any scene that has or any movie that has like a, a scene with a person who's on fire. I give props to the stunt people who do that kind of stuff, because that's some scary shit. No matter yeah. what, like even if you, even if you have the protection and whatever fire retardant gel you have, you're still on fire. So props to the stunt people for doing that. And. To this day, they don't have CGI fire guys quite right. Yeah. They definitely don't when they made, for example, Queen of the Damned, (laughs) um, which is the worst. (laughs) The worst fire effects. Oh my god, Sam, we gotta watch that movie. I haven't. It's so... Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in at least 10 or 12 years, so I'll I'll take your word for it now, and now I'm kind of curious what it looks like. It's the most dramatic fall-off since, like... I was thinking People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive when they went from uh, that guy from The Voice last year. Uh, I, I don't know. Blake Shelton. Okay. Okay, so... I was gonna say it was the most dramatic fall off since 
but then I realized I got the order wrong. Because, like, Idris Elba to Blake Shelton. And I was like, no, wait. Idris Elba was them pulling up from the nose dive of Blake Shelton. <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, do our listeners read People Magazine's <laughs> Sexiest Man of the Year issue? And I was like, do I read people <laughs> turns out, no, I don't. I just heard that on Facebook. And it's like... So why am I referencing it like I have anything to say about anything? And then I realized that that's why I blended herself and know that I find him attractive. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that tension was all about. Cool. actually burned down at one point if she's just sort of weaving in historical oh, thing or I didn't think she was that up man. yeah hmm. I meant to and I totally didn't <laughs> and now I think right this is where we get the scene with um, what was this? What was the phrase that for Bram Stoker? It was this scene, right? Or was it just after that? Because this is my next note. Was was about this scene? Uh, it's very close after this. They have oh, okay. a plague on the ship. Right. Which is just them eating people. Right. And then you have a charcoal painting montage because... Right. Claudia's, like, sketching... Uh, I don't even know where they're going. It, it, it's a super recognizable city that I should know, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I recognize London, I recognize uh, Cairo, but I don't recognize the first place they're at. Yeah, I, I don't know any of them, so you're better than I am at this. But she's painting what they see from the deck, and he says that they're, what, they spent the voyage in isolation contemplating the mystery of each other or something. Uh, yeah. Which is it, like they talk about 
he talks about vampirism like it's a super isolating thing. I think it's that he's a shut-in and doesn't <laughs> want to talk to anyone. It seems like it. You know, being alive and working with computers can be a super isolating thing if you don't make the effort to go out and make friends, Louis. There's no reason you couldn't be friends with, like, half that crew and didn't know which half to not eat. You just didn't. <laughs> but then he just wants to stay in his... He wants to stay in sulk in his, in his room. No. I don't want to yeah. go out. <laughs> no. I can't see the sun and I want to go out. But I do like how he mentions that he was disappointed that Mad Train wasn't blue because he doesn't get to see blue anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just black night water like everything else. Yep. And that made me sad for half a second before I realized that he could sad in a room full of candy. It doesn't matter for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is when uh, uh, it goes back to Slater. He's like, so you didn't find any Dracula's in Transylvania? And he says, no. Those were the vulgar fictions of a demented Irishman. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hold up, shots fired. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, all I could think of with that scene was... Like, Anne Rice did the screenplay for this movie, obviously, and all I could think of with that line was, you do realize that without Bram Stoker, you wouldn't have a career, right? I wonder if that was a dig at someone. Because this came out, like, after Bram Stoker's Dracula, the movie. I think. Let me check real quick. I think it did. I think Dra the Bram Stoker's Dracula was, like, 91 or 92? Maybe? Yeah, it was 1992. Okay. So, and I think at that point, at least, that was probably famouser than the book was. Or not famouser, but more in people's minds. Yeah. Um. 
I don't know if Bram Stoker was even Irish, but I wonder if someone who worked on that movie was, if it was just like a subtle jab. Because it sort of had that feel to it, but I didn't bother to look it up. I think he was, but... Now I gotta look this up. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just... Gary Oldman's English. Uh, uh, yeah, Bram Stoker was Irish. Okay, was was Neil Jordan Irish? I think he might have been. Yeah. So Neil Jordan, the director of this movie. Is a demented Irishman. Okay, well, I mean, so if, I wonder if if he's just if he's just like pissing all over. Oh no, maybe she's pissing all over him. I don't know what's going Wait, on here. Because she, because she's the writer. She did the yeah. screenplay adaptation. Yeah, he apparently did some more to it, but. Uh, so I had, I had the thought, because that seemed a little out of character, I'm like, why would you <laughs> that maybe they were just poking Neil Jordan in a way that he I mean, seems like he was cool with. If I, like, it, like, if he wrote that scene in and he's just being self-deprecating, I'm totally okay with it. If it's Anne Rice taking a dig at Bram Stoker, it's like, well, why? I wonder if there's anything written on it. Hold on, I'm gonna just Google um, the demented fictions of the earth, the vulgar fictions of the next <laughs> That's a good idea, because I'm legit curious, and I should have looked this up. But oh, auto complete caught it. Oh, <laughs> so. <laughs> refers to the creator of the modern vampire story 
Bram Stoker. Like Jordan, a Dubliner whose mother hailed from Sligo. It's also Jordan's offhand way of taking a bow for bringing the great white whale of modern movie properties to the screen. Okay. They say. Is that anything like... I think that was... That was actually exactly the same thing, but for some reason mine's in the... Baltimore Sun. Because it's syndicated, like. Right. No one writes oh, their own okay. stuff, and the newspaper game is actually pretty uh, cynical at this point. I was gonna get into it in, like, uh, 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 community college. I almost had an AA in journalism. <laughs> they need our support now, of course. But I can see why people got disillusioned with it and sort of set the stage for what's going on right now. Yeah. Like, why is there an opinion section, guys? Tell me what happened. <laughs> Log on your own time. <laughs> I don't know. Can't tell me you're being objective if you have a but this part is an objective section in your newspaper and it's thicker than the others. <laughs> okay. What was I even talking about? Uh oh right, right. fiction hold up shots fired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Paris, eighteen seventy. Yeah. It's been like a hundred years now. Mm-hmm. Right. First first something like that. 1791. Yeah, it's been like 80, 80 years. Yeah. He's 80 years old, but he was like late 20s, early 30s, so he's actually 105. And she's like. They never actually said uh, what year she was made, huh? Yeah, but. We, I think it's safe to assume she's probably 60 or 70, maybe? Yeah. Somewhere around there? That, that tracks. Yeah. Uh, she was, she was 30 when she had her freak out. Right, that was so. during the Industrial Revolution. I guess, or that was after the Louisiana Purchase. When was the Louisiana Purchase? It was purchase? after the Louisiana Purchase. That was mid-steamboat. The Louisiana Purchase was... God, I don't know. I, I, I don't know either. 1803? Wow, that's... Okay, no, so... No, that's... 
12 years after he started. That can't be right. I guess it was, wow. So that must have been... Wait, no, that doesn't track at all, then. Well, they couldn't have spent too long at his, uh, plantation because it was all the same people who knew when he was alive that were rioting when he burned the place down. So... No, what what I'm thinking about is... If... Oh, maybe it must have been after... Okay, sorry, never mind. Because Claudia might have been the first, like, five years of Louis' vampire life that they don't yeah. dates during that time. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere around then. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, so she's probably 70 or so, I guess. I, I, I mean, I guess they both are. Yeah. 70 or 80. Yeah. Anyways, um, they're going around. There's kind of cute dancing. It looks like she's his daughter or something. Yeah. And I assume that's what the people around them think. Still weird they're not making any friends because definitely like going to parties and everyone's like they have cover stories and stuff. They mentioned uh sorry. They mentioned during the earlier montage that like there's that scene of, like, she and Lestat playing piano at some guy's house for them and killing the whole family. <laughs> yeah. But, like, they gotta be meeting someone. Like, they make no human friends. That's weird, because every once in a while they're impressed by one wind up turning them into books and stuff, so like, guys, well maybe, how can you be so lonely? Well, probably what they're doing, cause, cause what I'm wondering here is, cause what I wrote down is, where did they get their money for such lavish clothes? I mean, I'm assuming that they just steal whatever they can from the people that they kill. Maybe that's what happens. They, they like, get close to someone and they kill them? I, I don't know. Oh, maybe. Yeah, actually, good question. Because I, I was thinking, like, it would be... It'd be pretty cheap to be a vampire if you, like, could turn into mist and live in sewers or whatever, because you don't have a food budget. Mm-hmm. 
all you have to buy is a set of clothes and I guess you don't sweat or like have dandruff or, uh, or skin slough off or whatever you call it anymore. Yeah. What do they call that? There's a gross word for just like that buildup of dead skin. Like when you scrape your scalp with a loofah or something. Oh, so I was dead skin. Alright. Let's go with that. What is sebum? S E B U M. Is that a. Uh. I'm trying to think of a funny joke answer, but I can't come up with one. Sebum is the oily secretion of the sebaceous glands. Okay, that's, that's something else. Yeah. So that's, that's like the oil buildup on your skin. But the point is, I think they don't have that or sweat or dead skin cells or stuff. So, so clothing budget would be really cheap, food budget is free, but then they're always putting their coffins in, like, upscale hotels and stuff, it seems like, or at least partying in them. You never actually see where they're sleeping, do you? No, they just, yeah. They have a suite of rooms all the time. Although Louis always had a lot of money, like maybe it just he could still be living on his liquidated like life savings from when he owned a plantation and a hundred people and stuff. That's that's very possibly true, yeah. Because you get the feeling that Lestat, because he's a crazy old tomcat, <laughs> like, part of the reason he he chose uh, Louis out there to just, he was good looking and sad, was like, he needed a place to stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get that impression of Lestat, like, so you got a mansion? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to buy a boyfriend for a century mansion guy? <laughs> like, I've, I've known people live that way. It's respectable. Yep. <laughs> do it if I could. <laughs> so I guess my assumption is just that he's been rich this whole time. That's also maybe why he seems more and more humble as the years go on. Like just the way he's dressed in the 1970s and the way he's dressed in the 1990s is like steadily less lavish. Yeah. I don't know. But then we meet Santiago. 
Santiago. What the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't remember Santiago from the movie, but what the fuck? Or from the book, sorry. But... What the fuck? Yeah, I don't think he... I want to say he wasn't in it, but I guess maybe he was. I thought Santiago was the one that Armand killed to take over the cover in the first place. But I don't remember. I, I don't either, but... Stephen, is it Ray? Stephen Ray or Stephen Ree? Stephen. Oh, shoot, I don't know. Stephen Ray, I was pronounced. Okay. Well, he's delightfully insane in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I love how it first. Louis is amused by him. Mm-hmm. Like when he first does the dance up on the ceiling, yeah. he's just sort of, he's got his broad smile. Yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then immediately snaps back to, man, why are you doing this? Yeah, it doesn't take long. Then Antonio Banderas shows up. Terrible casting given who the character is, but he's rad, so whatever. Yeah. Because wasn't, again, wasn't Armand one of those... He was like a, not a child vampire, but he was definitely like, wasn't he 12 or 13 in the books or something? Yeah, he, he was more like it, it makes sense they couldn't do that because yeah. Claudia is an abomination because she's like almost a toddler. Right. And then Armand is like prepubescent but he's a Boy, at least he's not okay. helpless. Yeah. Uh, and and I think and there was more of a, a sort of undertone of like I'm the absolute limit of what's even acceptable, <laughs> and yeah, I'm still not. Mm. Like you can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, okay. But, like, I think Armand's look was more like. Because he has that, like, blood boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, blood boy. <laughs> we require grapes and your blood. <laughs> like, what the shit? <laughs> But, like, I, I think 
that's more. You are one to live, actually. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird thing. <laughs> but, Banderas is cool. He's got the vampire look probably better than anyone else in the movie oh, yeah. so far. No, he, he's, he definitely pulls off the more Lugosi-style vampire than anyone yeah. else. And I appreciate that a lot. No, he's he's the he's the best look. I like the stats characterization best, but Armand's the one who's like, "You want me in a vampire movie? I can do that." (laughs) (laughs) Or not not Armand Banderas. Yes. well, vampire sure. I wore my own clothes. Is that okay? <laughs> like, fuck yeah! <laughs> fuck at you! <laughs> he just shows up like that, like, what? You said vampire movie, yes? They're like, a little... <laughs> Tone down a little bit, but not much. <laughs> oh, God. Shit, where are we even? Oh, yeah, I'm talking about Daris, a bunch of exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, wait. Before before we get to that point, um, how how did Stephen Ray keep his hat on while he was upside down? I mean, is that like his vampire power? Is that? Is that the part that bothers you? No, no, it doesn't bother me. I'm just legit, cu- <laughs> I'm legit curious. Like, how how did he do that? That's super awesome. I wish I could do that. I want to be able to keep my hat on while I'm standing upside down. I think he probably grabs it with his vampire hair. Oh, she's like prehensile hair. No, it's just so voluminous. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, If you put it in a a mortal hat, a hat made for mortals, Mm -hmm. the vampire mane sort of just expands and conquers. So he has a magical vampire hat to for his magical vampire hair. No, he's got a mortal hat, oh. so it's it's held fast by his vampire. Oh, hair. okay. Only a vampire hat would have the power to fall off his vampire. I head. see. Okay. Okay, that makes perfect sense. All right, sorry. I want to I want to bring back the 
the vampire bat joke, so I was so proud of that in Twilight, but I can't figure out how. <laughs> He's got a vampire cane and a vampire hat, but it's not the same as vampire bat. <laughs> Like, 
I'm surprised this show made it because of all the implied gore when they actually eat her. I feel like the nudity would have been fun. Right. I, get, I, f I forget about the fact that a lot of European countries have much more these sensible sensibilities when it comes to nudity versus violence and that the United States is pretty twisted when it comes to that sort of stuff. Like, they weren't founded by a small cult that fled because they hated that sex was happening anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I swear special. Yeah. Sometimes I forget about that. And uh, this is one of those times, so... And then, come think that when you look at it geographically, like, and it gets different the further and further you get away from Salem. That's why, uh, <laughs> on, the, on the west coast, we've got San Francisco, but <laughs> in Massachusetts, it wouldn't fly. <laughs> that's, that's probably not true. I haven't even been to Boston. <laughs> I wanted to. Mm. Damn Harvard snob. <laughs> uh. I put my other way to this checking for plans. <laughs> yeah. So, the theater. Uh, yeah, yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird show. Um, I like how that one lady in the audience is totally into <laughs> Like, kill me instead. <laughs> you wait your turn. <laughs> that was a great line. I did like that. Also, it seems like even these vampires are having more fun with people who are real than, like, Louis is. Yeah. Like, all he's doing is, is good-natured heckling back with someone and it still seems like worlds beyond. <laughs> even talk to people, Louie? I, I think Louie might be... He might have some sort of depression, maybe. I don't know. Maybe? <laughs> maybe you think he might have depression? I don't know. I think it's got, like... Listen, we don't want to over-diagnose. Because... <laughs> Serious condition, right. and I think uh, among the symptoms is a pulse. So, Fair. I don't know. Fair. I think, is there only depression uh, when it is ongoing 
and doesn't flow naturally from life circumstances. Like if someone's depressed because their life is terrible and it seems like it actually is terrible, it's not depression, right? It's just accurate assessment. I think so. Yeah, I think that is one of the one of the telltale, not telltale signs, but one of the main symptoms of depression. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think they just like give out antidepressants for like uh, being recently crippled or losing your family or something. I think they just say like, well, yeah, yeah. Um, or I, maybe that's just clinical depression versus depression depression maybe I don't know but he is a walking corpse so I feel like whatever he's got is, uh, yeah I don't know yeah. I, I feel like like, I know these guys are bad guys, and they're all pretty obnoxious, actually. <laughs> but at least they're letting their hair down and, like, yeah. seem like there's a point to them living forever, you know? Yeah, definitely. They can entertain people and get some money, which I don't know if they need, but it's all, it's all in good fun for them, I suppose. Plus, they get to feed every night, which is pretty cool. Yeah, although it must be like a dearth of qualified actors in that city. Like all you're eating is attractive young people who nail their audition. Like, well, I don't think it like was. That's gonna alter the demographics at some point. I don't know if that was. Ne- I don't think she if she was necessarily willing participant. I don't know why. I just. For some reason, I assumed that they were actual actors who thought they were getting into a theater experience and then, like, at some point, clearly weren't. See, I just, I just, maybe they just go out and pick people up. That's kind of what I figured, was they just picked her out of a crowd because because she was the she was the the feast for the night it seemed like I don't know I, they didn't really give us a clue because they didn't show that scene again but it just seemed to me that they just picked some random person off the street and were like, we're gonna eat you tonight. But they didn't actually say that. They just basically kidnapped her. 
And I guess, like, is it from there? Because how come they haven't been burned down yet? Seems like there's a... Like, you would notice people getting kidnapped all the time. And the uh, If you're playing to a crowd of, like, a hundred or so people every night, like, eventually someone's going to recognize someone. Unless they're all from out of town or something. You have this weird pipeline of, like, I don't know. I, I would have been interested to see a little bit more of, like, how does this operation even work? Yeah. Because it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know either. It's, I, I'm legitimately curious about how, like, how it works long term. I mean, it's obviously been working for a while, but how? And also, like, Paris has so many rats. Why do you even need? <laughs> <laughs> well, because rats are gross, dude. They've got, like, they're vermin. They've got diseases and what if you, what if you only ate, like, majestic animals, like, you could, you could subsist entirely on, like, mink, <laughs> or, like, like, beautiful stallions, <laughs> like, yeah, I guess so. I'm just saying, there's a bunch of things Louis hasn't tried that I would try first. <laughs> like, okay, listen, rats, fine. What if we just went to a pet store and got, like... <laughs> <laughs> I only eat things that are adorable and clean. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Subsist on kittens. Yeah. (laughs) Kittens and puppies and I don't know what else. What else is cute? Like I mean, at some point there's. At some point, I'm not sure you're better than just going around killing people. (laughs) You're telling me you only eat puppies? chickens before but I guess chickens weren't really domesticated until 
relatively recently, so maybe not. Uh, well, it just seems like the, the, the sheer volume he had to go through of, like, because he had an entire cage of, like, doves or pigeons or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it seems like it's a volume question. But if you, if you become a cattle rancher... Oh, yeah. You could buy... Hell, he owned a plantation. You could buy... 4,000 acres out west somewhere. Have your... Giant ranch home with a basement. And then you only talk to your workers and sheep herds and stuff at night. But they wouldn't even notice because most of the time they're working like two miles from you because ranches are huge. Like, it just... Well, your, your, your herd of cows has some kind of weird disease because once every, like, month... <laughs> One of them drops dead from, like, some sort of ongoing blood loss. You'd be like, hmm, interesting, don't report it. <laughs> I'm your boss. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm just saying. You could be a cowboy vampire. <laughs> That's a movie I'm not sure they've written yet. I'm gonna get on that. <laughs> Stop the podcast. Alright, <laughs> stop recording right now. <laughs> Don't release this to the public. <laughs> it shoots tiny pine wood bullets. <laughs> Hits them the heart and stakes them to die. <laughs> no, he hunts werewolves. That makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, <laughs> why would he hunt vampires? <laughs> and also, wouldn't the pine bullets burn up when they get shot out of the gun? <laughs> I mean, it probably splinter, but... That too. Okay, no. He hunts werewolves because werewolves hunt his flock like regular wolves do. Okay. And the entire origin of the vampire werewolf war that's aped in, like, every modern vampire movie is a petty land dispute and he was like poaching them all <laughs> because they keep eating his sheep <laughs> and that's what starts it all <laughs> Yeah.
his hat has a really wide brim, so he can actually walk around outside in the daytime. That's absolutely fine. He's just got a duster and a sombrero and has to angle his head correctly to not burn up, and it's fine. successful vampire ever and wonders why everyone else is so dramatic about it. <laughs> he doesn't even hide it. Like, all his employees know he's a vampire. Like, oh, we should bring up two cows because he didn't get a chance to eat yesterday because he's on that boat. And... Our boss is a vampire, so bring two cows. <laughs> like, like, thanks, guys. <laughs> Take the rest of the day off. Be like, thanks, our boss, who's a vampire. We don't give a fuck because we're adults. <laughs> like,. <laughs> It's a boring movie because there's no conflict. <laughs> it works out okay. <laughs> Until the werewolves show up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. But no, he's still a rich rancher, so they're still just doing like the Alaskans. Not the Alaskans, the Norwegians. He's still just hunting them from helicopters. <laughs> like, it's not. <laughs> it's not even remotely fair. <laughs> so then Armand shows Louis the yeah. catacombs. <laughs> Then we have not even in the top ten episodes of MTV's Cribs. This is where we live. We got a bunch of alcoves and that's it. Not engaged 
as much as I was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they, they said they have their conversations, and Armand has some really good lines. Uh, and they're sort of doing the whole what would it actually be like to be this old? And I, I wrote down the line, uh, we don't change, everything else changes, we do not. As all we love slowly rots and fades away, and sort of getting into psychology of immortality, which is yeah, a lot of fun. The books and could be in the movies, but they don't spend enough time on it. And meanwhile, I just kind of missed the stat because everything was all animated. <laughs> he was around, you know. Yeah. Totally get it. So Armand's the oldest vampire he knows. Mm-hmm. And he mentions how not that many people actually have the stamina for immortality, like getting turned into vampires make you good vampires <laughs> and talent cause most of them eventually kill themselves which would be more effective if you had seen literally any vampire actually kill itself yeah that was something that always I kind of wondered about uh, again in the interest in the interest, okay, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that any person who has depression should kill themselves. I am absolutely not saying that. If you have depression, then it's, it's a completely understandable thing to have and you know, you should seek help if you haven't already. But, uh, as far as a hundred-year-old vampire who apparently can't accept the fact that he is a vampire is concerned, maybe he doesn't need to be a vampire anymore. That's all I'm saying. What I'm just thinking be the, like, we're told that vampires kill themselves fairly frequently. That 400 years old is the oldest one in the world because they all do it at some point before then. Mm-hmm. Our main character seems to be the most depressed vampire out there. Yeah. It's weird that we haven't... A, that he hasn't, but B, like, we haven't heard about anyone actually doing this before now. That's true. Like... Like, suddenly it's the reason why there aren't any, but there's no, like, 
during the research, they all fight where vampires used to be, but then all died or something. Like, there's no... There's no setup for this revelation, I guess. It's uh, just from a narrative standpoint is my only complaint, I guess. Yeah, I get that. Because, like, and it would be, and I think in the books they do encounter some vampires, but they're all, like, savage and crazy or something. Mm -hmm. Or, like, find where some used to be but aren't anymore and think they've moved on but they've actually died or something. Like, the... The going in, like, just staying up and going into the sun thing is a recurring theme in the books, but, like, they just drop it on us here with no support, it seems like. Yeah. Like, he says this thing, but that's not the world they've set up, you know? Gotcha, yeah. Also, because with the single exception of, with, with the exceptions of Louis, Claudia, and Armand, every vampire we've seen has just been like a pig in shit. <laughs> They're having such a good time with it. <laughs> so that seems like the opposite of the norm. Also, Santiago can read minds and knows something's up. Yeah. Claudia. Well, I mean... Because Louis makes... When, when they're talking about Louis's... Uh, the sire... And... Armand says something about didn't your didn't your uh, your sire teach you all the things about the vampires and Louis says something he refers to Lestat in the past in the past tense and Armand immediately catches it and he says something like he was and Claudia's like we should go cause you're a fucking idiot <laughs> and uh yeah so and of course Santiago kinda knows what's up cause I guess he can read minds like you said too because he actually... Yeah, because he, he mentions... Because Louis walking up the... Sorry. No, I, doesn't he mention Lestat by name, or am I misremembering? No, no, he's thinking to himself. Oh, okay, okay. Well, he's going up the stairs. Right. And Santiago's like, who's that? Right. And he even knows before they go to theaters like he says they'll read your minds if you let them yeah to Claudia yeah. so he knows 
I think of how Santiago was mirroring him perfectly. Oh, oh right, that makes sense. Which is a great use of that power. Yes. Like, just that fucking power. with someone. Doing that. Or that thing where you say the same thing they're going to at the same oh, time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which every once in a while I can do right if I know someone pretty well. But only for like two or three iterations. <laughs> they always eventually get me as soon as they realize what I'm doing. Yeah. But if you could keep on with just like this, <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, blue elephant, <laughs> like, you've got it. That'd be rad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm back into wanting to be a vampire. Alright. Like, all that immortality impression stuff that you're just talking about, never mind all that. I want to fuck with you. Alright. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm in. When do we start? Uh. Well, we gotta find one first. Shit. Alright, when do we, we start finding a vampire? Well, we gotta, we gotta drive in San Francisco with the top down. Okay. And then hopefully it's not just surprise okay. <laughs> and gets us. Alright. That'll be yeah. That works for me. It'll be Alright, let's go. And then I'll take I'll take flying or mind reading so I can fuck with people. I will figure out some way to fuck with people flying. <laughs> Now, you know what? I'll get one of those industrial size, like, marlin fishing poles. <laughs> and that's, that's how I hunt, if I can fly as a vampire. Oh my god. <laughs> Just a hundred. Dollar bill floats by and they grab it. Oh my god, is that a hook? Oh, <laughs> 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 
Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Got a vampire soliciting. Take me. I've got plans. (laughs) (laughs) They're not good. (laughs) They're they're plentiful. based on Irish legend where a guy would draw uh, there'd be a headless carriage driver who goes around and takes people to hell by putting them in his carriage so you couldn't get spooky with a traditional (laughs) vehicles I didn't know about that. There's not a headless cyclist yet, but... But listen, if... If there's a... Can you turn into spooky headless horsemen? I guess you can't. They're not like vampires, you know? If you get your head cut off, you become a headless horse. <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't read the myths or seen any of the movies based on it, but now I'm kind of curious about that. <laughs> headless motocross. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Thermond? Yeah. Santiago knows what's up with Claudia. And Armand knows what's up with Santiago. Yep. So we have that triangle going. And Louis just doesn't know shit. People are like, hey, Louis, do you want to predict what's happening next? And Louis's like, no! <laughs> Another thing I assume is better developed in the books because it doesn't, it seems a little out of left field here, also. Yeah, because it just kind of happens. Yeah, because like, because he still seems super devoted to her, 
and like he just spent one afternoon with a guy who seemed kind of cool not like he's trading her in for a different friend the way that she seems to I mean it seems like he might have eventually like years later or something yeah. but not not with the urgency she seems to think mm-hmm. so they go out and get uh no he goes back to talk with Armand again and he tells her that Claudia's illegal because <laughs> she's too young. Mm-hmm. And she's in love danger because the only crime. It's like Planet of the Apes, like, ape shall not kill ape. <laughs> the, uh, the only crime is vampire shall not kill vampire and if they do then we all kill vampire <laughs> yeah and in the in the book I think like Lestat accidentally told them about it they didn't read minds or anything but in this one Lestat's just sort of a specter is always I guess we're supposed to think he's actually dead, but I don't because they did a fake out too soon. Yeah. So it never even occurred to me that I was actually dead after the fight. <laughs> yeah. Which, and, and, and I don't want to, you know, give notes on a movie that's actually pretty good in general, but. Because Lestat brought so much energy to it, I think it would have been better if they thought he was chasing them or something. And that's why they would have taken so long to get to Paris, and that's why there's a surgency with their quest, and that's why they're leaving and stuff. Yeah. As opposed to they're just wandering around until something happens to them. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, and I, th- I feel like in the book that's what they think, right? Or that's why... I could have... Because he, he does catch up with them in Paris. Like, that's why this all happens to them. Oh. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I can't remember the book that well. But yeah, that does make a lot of sense. If if he actually was, or if they at least thought that he was still chasing them. Actually, now that you mention it, that does sound really familiar. So you're probably right. I'm sure that is what was happening in the book. I think in the book, Lestat tells Santiago Santiago's like, okay, I'll execute your daughter. And so I was like, wait, no, I didn't. No. He's like, ah, I did it already. 
<laughs> that's why the sat's so depressed in the chair when Louis finds him is because okay. he didn't want Claudia to die either, but it's his fault. Right. Okay. And that whole scene made a little more sense. Okay. But it's totally separate and Lestat and Armand never meet in this one which is too bad yeah so Claudia's illegal Armand mentions that Louis is like a vampire with a human soul take a shot <laughs> angel yeah um, which I need to watch again as an older adult, because I really liked it when I was like 20. Yeah. But, but uh, I might not still, or if I do, I want to get really nostalgic about it. Mm-hmm. Andrew's Madeline, who I guess is. She didn't say this in an interview, but knowing what I know about her circumstances, I guess is based pretty heavily on Anne Rice herself, right? Oh. I, I guess. Because she's a, a very sad woman whose own daughter, who reminds her of Claudia, died. And who's totally willing to give up her whole life to take care of this child because that's what she feels like her life should have been. Mm. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Claudia seems very convinced Louis is leaving because she's doing this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I can... I can see it, like, I, I feel like we don't spend nearly enough time with Madeline, because that's a really interesting character. Yeah, I know, she, she just, it feels like she's just going sort of inserted into the plot, and then ten minutes later she's dead. Spoiler alert. And she gets the rawest deal of Right? Ever. It's like, this is my first freaking day. I just got here. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Yeah. Like, she didn't. Yeah. Like, she, her, she has, she's committed no crimes according to the vampires, yet she's the one who's blamed as part of Lestat's murder, I guess. Because she, she, she... She's literally only been a vampire for like 45 yeah. seconds when they stormed down the door. I, yeah. But like her past motivation seems really interesting. She's got at least as much cause to be over life as Louis does. Uh, and she, unlike Louis, she has this like redemptive 
chance, kind yeah. of? Yeah. Because, like, Claudia's mother's dead, her daughter's dead, neither of them know what they're doing, they're both very sad. There aren't weird pedophile overtones when it's a woman, that shouldn't be how it is, but that's how the world yeah. works, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know, I, 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 I want to spend more time with her because she doesn't make a whole lot of sense as is, but it seems like she definitely could have, you know? So, Louie makes Madeline. Yep. Uh, Claudia forgives him because now they're pretty even because Louie never wanted to make a vampire either. Yeah. Uh, and he's just <laughs> lying on the balcony <laughs> all. He's like, oh, I am parkour. I'm not human anymore. Like, you haven't been for a hundred years. Because the very first question Claudia has is like, will you make her for me? And of course, at first, it's like, no. Eventually convinces her. Yeah. Or she convinces him. And then, because the vampires kicked the door down, Lewis, hey, it's time for justice. It's very distracting. I, at least I noticed that it was super distracting most of the times when they when they sort of swelled up like that. But but yeah, it's definitely very distracting. But soon the like I don't know what the musical turns out like. Like that, that really fast kind of. Yeah. The I hadn't noticed that before. Maybe it was there the whole time. Yeah. Well, it it wasn't necessarily that specific, like that specific style, but the the music. The soundtrack, or the at least the background soundtrack, at least to me was when it swelled up and got loud. It was super distracting for me because it definitely it felt like it was trying to take uh, take center stage, like it was trying to 
not distract from the movie, but it was trying to take our attention away from the from the action on the screen. And at least for me, that throws me off sometimes with certain soundtracks. Not a lot, but this was definitely one of them. So, but yeah, I know what you mean. So, it gets all zany for a minute. These vampires are also more of the top, like Stephen Ray isn't even the weirdest among them. It's just this lady who's just like full on opera crazy. <laughs> yeah. They put Claudia and Madeline in like a well where this, with a bars over the top where the sun's gonna be able to get them at noon. Yeah. They throw Louie in a coffin upside down and wall him up casket of Montiato style. <laughs> Armand just hangs out in his room. Yeah. I yeah. And I don't know if it's, can he not stop them, or is this all kind of part of his plan because he wants Louis for himself and doesn't actually care about Claudia. I can't tell. There's a pretty good chance it's probably the latter, I would think. Okay. But it seems to be what Louis eventually decides, but yeah. Well, I, uh, yeah, we, we don't, I don't think it's really explained very well in the movie, and I don't remember what it, what if, if they went like this in the book, so. I don't know what his motivations are, but, or if he even has motivations at this point. It seems like I, I don't actually know how power levels work in this world. Because it seems like Armand is stronger than everyone else there. But also, all the vampires seem more or less on the same playing field. Like, I've never seen one of them be like bulletproof or a lot stronger than the another. Like they all seem faster than Louis, but then maybe he just never does it until San Francisco a hundred years later. Possibly. Because. Just how when Lassat comes back to their house before Louis tries to burn down all his problems, Lassat's like appearing where Louis's going and flitting around super fast and stuff. Yeah. And then Stephen Ray, what's his name, Santiago's doing that to Louis also. Louis's not being able to keep up. And then Louis doing it to, to Malloy, 
like you just learned how at some point in those hundred years. But maybe other than that, it, it seems like there's no one that's that much stronger than the other one. Yeah, I don't know. It might just, like you said, it might just depend on the age or just the amount of people you've killed, absorbed. I don't know. I think maybe he couldn't because he was just eating rats and like one guy the whole time. Possibly. I mean, it might have something to do with, you know, if you've, if you've eaten more humans than, uh, than animals, maybe you're stronger? I, I don't know. Maybe you gain experience points as you eat humans and level up. I don't know how it works in this, in this universe. It's weird. That's, that's why Lestat's so mad at him. It's yeah. It's like, Louis, you have to gain more levels. <laughs> you have to be able to... You can't help with any of my endgame content. <laughs> you need to gain levels so you can gain some... I was trying to, god damn it, I was, I was gonna do something silly and I completely fucked it up. Uh, you need to, you need to get your ability points raised so you can get your new talent points. So you can get your specialization. God, Louis, you gotta level up more. It does seem to... I've never played Vampire the Masquerade. It does seem to lend itself very well to that kind of tabletop system. Yeah. The way the Office Mythology store works. I mean to, I know it... I know Underworld rips off its entire move from that. Uh, I don't know how much of it was influenced by this versus Dracula versus other things. That's a, uh, that's a source book I'm going to recreationally read and then bemoan the fact no one will play with me and then <laughs> never bring up again. I actually want to try out a bunch of the different World of Darkness here. Um, the different, not series, no, the, the... Vampire Masquerade. Yeah, that's it. And I think you mentioned Changeling. Was that one of them? That sounded really cool when I looked it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that seems to be one where, like, you're in a fairy world or something, but you're also a kid's dream. And so if you die, your kid stops dreaming 
about fancy stuff and gets a day job or something. <laughs> like, it, it, it sounds weird, but in a cool sort of watercolory, yeah. uh, fairy way that I that may or may not work with, depending on the personalities of the group. I mean, I, I assume that's all of them. Like, Vampire the Masquerade, if people were either taking it too seriously or not at all seriously, wouldn't work. I'd rather that second one than the first one. <laughs> I tend to usually, nowadays, I think if we're doing anything tabletop related, I'm probably not going to take it super seriously. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's more to have but fun. There's a, yeah. But I, I get it. There are definitely people who do take it very seriously. No, but also there's a there's a cutoff below which it's like well, why are we even doing this? Oh yeah, that I've I've hit a couple of times where it's just like okay, so I'm this doesn't listen. There are no stakes, but if you're not in it at least like twenty percent, then yeah, uh, yeah. I get it. I don't Yeah. <laughs> so, all that aside, but I know they have, like, different powers that you level up, like, more by eating other vampires, but the, the, that is a crime that makes all these enemies and stuff. Okay. I think they have like a bunch of different. They sort of do like the X Men does with Superman, where they take Dracula and then chop him up into different powers. <laughs> so right there, there can be the Bat one or the Mist one or the Command Wolves one. You can't do all of those, but. You know how like, you could have Superman's eye beams and be Cyclops, or you could have Superman's flying and be Storm, or you can have Superman's vulnerability and be Colossus. You can't do all three, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I, wanna, I, I wouldn't be willing to try out Vampire the Masquerade. Let's do that. All right. If you if you ever get that that gaming podcast off the ground, yeah, or just in our basement sometime with whatever <laughs> our weirdest friend is. Yeah, just when I, when I'm back in town. <laughs> So what are you doing for Christmas? Like, I'm playing Vampire the Master with my friends. I wear my blackest t-shirt and I've got things. <laughs>
See, the problem with that is that we all have to talk like that when we're playing, though. Like, we can't not. <laughs> I don't know, like, where on the hierarchy of how much people make fun of us for being nerds, <laughs> where it even is. Like, is it... Are the vampire kids above or below the gamer kids? And is that above or below like the Star Trek kids? Because it's the only, like, that and LARPing are the only ones that haven't plumbed and tried to, like, know the actual culture behind yet. Mm. And cosplaying, that's kind of LARPing. Kinda. But it's not quite as deep as LARPing, I think. Pink costume. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, it's, it's the same, like, you, you dress up as someone and pretend to be them. It's, it's a... It's a physically occupying space and being seen there. So the self-consciousness thing is what keeps me out of a lot of that. Like, yeah. if I could unironically get into it, LARPing seems hell of fun. Like, you're doing what? You're running around and hitting your friends? It's like football, but with rules that I can into it and then lie about. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> but like, I've played football, I liked it. But when people see you in those ridiculous costumes, I think no one thinks less of you. And I'm still too embarrassed to do anything with social stigmas outside. Okay, so if I if I really liked Vampire the Masquerade, I could still never be one of those guys who like dresses up as it. Gotcha. And that seems to be like LARPing cosplaying's whole thing. I see what you mean. Cause like it's it's gotta be it's gotta be inside. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I actually have a, a lot of respect for the people who don't have that fear. So I don't mean to imply with the silly voice that's what I think of them more than I trying to make fun of myself, but I guess people might not know me well enough to realize that, so I withdraw it. <laughs> That's fair. I also want to get into miniature wargaming, because I know a lot of really hardcore nerds are into that and it seems kind of fun but it also seems like 
yes, but firearms get started. Yeah. That kind of keeps me from that sort of thing. Is here you have to buy a thousand dollars worth of miniatures and then you have to paint them meticulously and if you don't then you are penalized for it. Yeah, so I haven't I haven't done uh, Magic the Gathering or Warhammer stuff because of the startup cost, but I feel like that's a really fair line to draw. I'm not embarrassed of that. Like, how come you don't do this? Like, oh, because money. Yeah. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, same reason I don't go on cruises very often. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I don't know if you're actually interested in, like, Magic the Gathering or that sort of card game sort of thing, but Hearthstone is a good way to start because it's free. You don't have to necessarily pay for stuff if you don't want to. And sure. it's, it's, st it's still playable. Like, you can definitely play the game without ever paying money for it. It's, it's a lot slower of a game than if you pay for card packs, but it's still playable. No, that's not awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Blizzard property. It's the same, you know... Starcraft, Warcraft, those sorts of things. Now I know they also have Vampire the Masquerade games, but I don't think they're by the same system. I think they're just vampire games using their IP. Yeah, I think so. I know there was a there was a Vampire the Masquerade, I think it's called Bloodlines. It's a PC game. It's like an RPG in the in that world, which I've heard is pretty good, but I don't know. I haven't played it, so. Well, there's research. There's a Facebook game. I forget what it was even called, like Hunter by Night or something. It's defunct now. It's one of those really basic flash ones where you get a certain number of points a day. Mm -hmm. Like one of those 10 year old Facebook games before they were basically just games. Right, yeah. But I. It was a weird, like. You could be a vampire or a werewolf thing. I somehow managed to get points in both. <laughs> and then called myself the uh Amabination. Ben capitalized in the middle. 
and I was very bad at it, and I, I wanted to be more impressive, but literally everyone could beat me at it because I was trying to specialize in five things at once. So that's the closest I've come to actually playing this game. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's me uh, tiptoeing around and then jumping entirely over the legitimately disturbing child gets burned to death scene. Alright. <laughs> Yeah. And now all of a sudden Armand's cool. Yep. So he frees Louis from his wall prison sort of thing. Uh, for some reason Louis is out of breath. Don't I think like know why. Shouting himself hoarse the whole time. Yeah, but he's still... Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> well, he has been upside down in that thing, so probably he couldn't... Do they breathe? I don't... I don't think vampires breathe. That's... That was my whole thing. It's like, why are you out of breath, dude? Like, I, I, mean, get, I get it why the actor's out of breath, but... They'd have to breathe to talk, right? I suppose so, but like, if he's not talking, he's not screaming, why is he out of breath? Whatever. Small, yeah. small detail doesn't actually matter in the grand scheme of things, but Let's move on, for the love of God. I also... <laughs> they also cry tears in it, so I think in the book, if vampires cry, it's just blood, which is why I try never to confront people. Right. Okay, so now all of a sudden Armand's cool. He goes and he sees that they're all burnt up and Pompeii-ish. And all these weirdo vampires just sort of just smiling at him like, what are you gonna do? Which, like, that's infuriating. <laughs> and I don't know why they ever would have thought he wouldn't come back and burn them down. <laughs> well, they... To be fair, they didn't know that he tries to solve all of his problems by fire. No, but I'm just saying, like, listen. <laughs> Don't ever talk someone who's just taken away everything. Oh yeah, no, I I totally agree. <laughs> like like I don't even have a creepy vampire daughter and stepmom the 
I got for her inventory relationship with. But if I did, if you killed them, don't fucking grin at me and then keep the same address. Like, yeah. what are you doing? That's fair. Yeah. But also, like, all these vampires just seem sort of insane. Oh, yeah. And this weird, like, they're goofy and they don't have any sense of gravitas based on what's going on. I can't, like, what's wrong with I think, well, because I think Armand at one point brings up the fact that he thought that, like, after after Louis burns the theater down, because spoiler alert, he tries to solve his problems, just part three, yeah. uh, by burning down the theater. Because I think Armand says something about the fact that the rest of his coven was stuck in the old times or something. Like they're not, they're not trying to adapt. Yeah, they're decadent and useless, he says. Yeah. But he definitely says something about that they haven't adapted, and which, like, I thought he was going to be a little bit angrier with Louis for killing off all of the, well, maybe not necessarily killing them off, because we don't actually know if fire kills vampires because of Lestat, so... Maybe they're all just uh, burned up, but not dead. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's an interesting question I hadn't thought of it. That, I mean, that oh. didn't—they didn't even occur to me the first time I watched this movie. But the second time I watched it, I thought. Wait a minute, Lestat didn't die when he was lit on fire. Maybe these other vampires didn't also die, but we don't know because we never see them again. Well, I mean, we see at least one. I mean, we can just go ahead and skip ahead. Uh, they're all smiling at him. They cut back to Slater and then gets yeah. back to Louis Burns and all his problems. Right. Number three, but we see at least one burn all the way down to a skeleton. Like, his arms fall off. And he, oh. Okay. I've... Uh, don't... Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's if they're on fire for long enough? Or maybe they're just not as strong as the start. I'm guessing that maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it's like get down to the vitals. Like you can burn skin off and whatever, but if you burn yeah. a heart or a brain or the neck connection or whatever, 
Pois I, I, I believe them that uh, Santiago's dead because they cut oh, him yeah. in half. Or, yes, because Louis cuts him half of the side he brings with him. <laughs> it's the same side. It's just the stage side, right? Or is it a different one? I wasn't 100% sure. Might have been. But he, uh, he of course walks up when they're all in their coffins with just barrels and barrels of gasoline or kerosene or wine or something. Uh, splashes it all over the place and sets it on fire. And then when they get out of their coffins because their coffins are on fire, he starts just cutting them down. Yeah. Which is a great solution if you didn't have to sleep in the daytime. <laughs> I don't know why they do and he doesn't. That seems like a, a good job for a human ally or something. <laughs> like, that's what I'd use a day boy for. Not to, like... <laughs> offer his wrist to guess be like, listen, if one of these fuckers crosses me, you need to know which coffin's mine and burn the other one. <laughs> and, like, and in return, on your 30th birthday, I'll make you more or something like that. That's how I would operate. <laughs> Interns. <laughs> oh, God. Unpaid, of course. <laughs> just, just listen. This is for your resume. Do you want the job or not? Because you can have it in 15 years. <laughs> if you. <laughs> Insane. 
uh, Arwan's day boy gives him a ride because Louis <laughs> didn't have an escape plan. Yep. He 
can teach Louie to live without regret and actually be like a free-ass vampire if Louie will teach him how to get along in the 19th century. Yeah, and Louie's like, no! Because... Because he's in high school, his, and he, he being the emotional guy is what defines him. Yep. Exactly. And Armand is super clingy all of a sudden. <laughs> he's like, I will die without you. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Armand did lose his entire coven. Yeah, but if he's, like, Louis by himself, he's not dying. Keep up, man. Right, but Armand also doesn't know how to survive in the 19th century. These are all problems caused by these guys not making any human friends. Yeah, exactly. Or taking on interns. He's got yeah. a day boy even. Like, he'll be fine. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, and yeah. spoiler, he is fine. So it's not. <laughs> He's just being whiny, but. Yeah. But I do like the line, like, I will die. And it's like, no, you are dead. <laughs> like, sorry, man. We're vampires, and I hate vampires. So. <laughs> And then we just sort of montage it for like a hundred years, right? Yeah, because then Louis gets all happy because she gets to watch a movie where the sun, where it shows the sun rising, and he's like, it's the first time I've gotten to see the sunrise in 200 years, which mathematically does not make sense because movies were around you know he, he's been if he's been a vampire for since 1791 then the longest I would have been be between his last sunrise and being able to watch it on the silver screen is what a hundred and Five hundred and ten years. So, um, I don't know when movies were widespread. Well, I mean, he was watching a movie, it's called Sunrise. It must have been from like, at like no later than the 1910s, 1920s. I think, because like the like the first movies were like you know watching a train go by or 
watching people in a market, or watching oh, the porn. sunrise. A lot of porn. A lot actually. of porn, yeah. That's but, a fun thing people do. This <laughs> is actually true. Yeah. Something like three tenths of the first movies were just like. <laughs> we call this one. titties. <laughs> <laughs> but like that. that that had that movie could not have been that old. I love us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, fair point, but but anyways, it was seventeen ninety one, eighteen ninety one. Okay, fine, hundred, hundred, ten, hundred, thirty years. Yeah. But anyway, small part, small issue, just uh, another minor pick that I can't seem to let go of. Uh, but yeah. He gets happy because of I do of love him. that he loves movies, though. Oh, that's, yeah. That's great. Well, and also there's the first color movies weren't for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't for another... Well, I mean, the first color movie was like, what, Gone with the Wind, I think? I thought it was or, Vaz. I forget which one of those came first. It was one of them. I forget. Now I need to find out. Now it's gonna bother me until I don't find until I find out. So I'm gonna look it up while while we while we finish off the movie. First color movie was uh, okay. I said the Wizard of Oz was before Gone with the Wind was 1939. Oh no, they were both 1939. My bad. Did you just look up first color movie? No, I just looked up Gone with the Wind and the Wizard of Oz. Alright, I'm gonna do it efficiently. Alright. Fine. Do it smart ways. Uh, Cupid Angling in 1918. Okay, well, I'm completely wrong. The Wizard of Oz and Gone with were made technical in 1939 because, okay, there were hand-colored oh. segments of movies dating back to 1902. Okay. So the first generally accepted and so the first film shot in color was Cupid's Angling. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, like there's some that are partially hand colored as early as 1903, but that's okay. hard. So that so basically, colored cartoons predate colored movies by a fair amount. Yeah, which 
makes sense because you know you can still you can draw things in color but you can't shoot things in color because of the limitations of film at the time I guess yeah yeah makes sense but I do I love the movie loves movies it's <laughs> one of those things where if you were mortal, like, you'd be pretty taken with movies, probably, and, like, MP3s and microwaves or something. Like, it seems like there'd be some things that were really exciting. Yeah. Uh, and that would be one of them. Yeah. But <laughs> I also wish we could see his reactions to some bad movies. That would be a lot of fun. Like, and I loved this new technology. And then I wasn't a huge fan of it. And I loved it again. <laughs> you just see him panning like... Because <laughs> it's it's unlike Louis to like something for very long. <laughs> that was he would, he would yeah. see his first movie in 1908, then write his first angry blog entry about how bad movies have gotten in 1912 or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I was... Now. I know, I was gonna make some jokes about, oh, man, if, like, he really enjoyed Casablanca, but then I couldn't think of a bad movie from the 1940s because I haven't seen that many movies from the 1940s. So... I, I think it's... They've been selected out mostly. Like, I think... Probably, yeah. I think we don't hear about the really lackluster 1940s movies. Probably. Anyway, so then it's 1988. Yep. Louis, reinvigorated by being able to like movies and apparently just <laughs> killing people now. Yep. Finds that there's this corpse house like 30 feet from an active parking lot that no one's like looked in the window of. <laughs> Because there's definitely, like, a moss of corpse against the front wall in the front yard. <laughs> was it, or is that a statue or something? I actually couldn't tell, I, but I, I was just, like, a mummy. Was, I could not tell either. Because it, cause it looked like there was a mummy in the front yard, another one just in the wall in the foyer. But, like, th 
there's a car parked right the hell there. Someone parked that car. <laughs> like, looked over, saw the dead body in front of you. I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> just, but still left their car there. So, like, I ain't calling shit. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> so, that's a thing I object to. <laughs> goes upstairs and the stat doesn't look so hot. Yeah, he's looking a little, uh, a little worse for wear. Yes, because he probably hasn't eaten recently. Or he's been eating rats like Louie used to. Although yeah. Louie never looked like dead from eating rats. He was just always unhappy looking. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's because Louie, he would still partake in humans. It just, he always read it. But it was, probably just wasn't shown very often. But it definitely seemed like he didn't exclusively eat rats or chickens or whatever. Seemed like it anyway. I don't know. I thought he didn't kill anyone until like Claudia. That was why it was such a big deal. He probably... I don't know. I have no idea. Well, anyway. Let's try this looks so good. Yeah. He's... He's a little insane. Uh, seems to be super shut-in, like hasn't left that house for X number of years or whatever. Yeah. And then, uh, there's a helicopter right outside for no reason. Maybe because someone finally called in one of the mummies. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but doesn't land or, or amount to anything. But he... But it's... I think they just didn't film subtly enough what was supposed to be a helicopter way in the distance just searchlighting the neighborhood like this house to. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot more sense. Cause it's sixty feet away and yeah. it's focused on <laughs> this house yeah. but like I've had searchlights shine into my windows before because they're combing every backyard in a three block radius for something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But he's afraid of it showing that he doesn't understand electric light or the modern world. And he wants Louie to take him back and help him out. And yep. Louie's like, 
No. <laughs> and that's that whole scene. Mm-hmm. Which again, I think made more sense than the books because he's all full of regret over getting Claudia killed. Yeah. Not just. Not just. God. Weird after getting burned. Well, I think he he had regret over creating Claudia. I think that was sort of the, one of the one of the crux of his of his issue in the movie, at least, was he regrets creating Claudia in the first place. But there was. Not much else. But it doesn't seem like Yeah, it doesn't seem like a shut down entirely and become broken and living upstairs closet for a hundred years. seems to be a choice. <laughs> like, 
I'm not seeing this as an inevitable consequence of vampirism. I'm saying this is a personality trait of Louis de Leoncourt or whatever his last name is. Yeah. Uh, Louis de... <laughs> Something French. It's a Sante Leoncourt. Oh, okay. Louis de Pont du Lac. Sure. Every, everyone's French. Yep. So? So. So. Yeah, so. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Slater grabs up all of his tapes because it's 1994 and uh, runs, flees the scene, gets into his car, starts driving across the uh, the Golden Gate Bridge, or he starts driving through. His San Francisco pops in the first tape is listening back to the story which I don't exactly know how long it's taken surprise Lestage Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah. And that's the movie. <laughs> well, I love how Lestat's like, okay, one or two things I do know so far <laughs> is this jam fucks Doesn't in 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 the Vampire Lestat doesn't he become like a rock star? Am I misremembering? No, in the Vampire Lestat, I, I think this scene doesn't take place in 
interview the vampire. Right. Like, he doesn't come back because in the vampire stat, he comes back because he's buried himself and he's hibernating like they do sometimes for right. decades or centuries or whatever when, okay. they, when they've lost their flair for life and don't walk into the sun yet. Yeah. And he hears a band practicing with instruments he's never heard before. Okay. Which are which are uh, electric guitars, so it's just like hearing basically their bass way underground. Yeah. Sort of wakes up like, what the shit is that? Because <laughs> he was a, because uh, he was a musician. Like he he plays piano and he yeah. was a big violinist in his life and. On death, he's just like he was listening to it for like a couple weeks because they would practice on Fridays or something. And like, okay, I gotta get into this. <laughs> so like, <laughs> comes up, kills the guy, gets all flesh again, and like, teach me how to play your new instrument, <laughs> and I will make you famous. <laughs> And that's how it starts. Okay. But but it also like it's not it's not nearly as silly as it sounds, but as exact as like masturbatory and listani as it sounds. Which is great. Yeah. Or it's just like when you call them rock stars, yeah, I'll be that. <laughs> okay. Which I love the start. But but that's the uh it's not in this one. I don't remember how the book ends, actually. I, I know that... Yeah. The reporter isn't a vampire at the end of it or about to become one, but he does become one later on. Because I think he goes on, like, a, a several years, several decades quest to find one of these guys using all the clues, because he is a reporter. Yeah. I think he eventually finds Armand. Okay. And becomes one via his own tenacity and determination. <laughs> but definitely not driving down the street thinking surprise the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that's interview with the vampire. It, it does go out on a good note because I did miss Lestat. He is my favorite part of this movie. 
Yeah, so even though it's out of nowhere and pretty strange, I do like that he's come back and because he wanted A, another companion, and B, to try driving a convertible poorly. <laughs> <laughs> and it also makes sense given how we've seen him select his guys in the past. Like, well, that's a nice car. Okay, this one. Because <laughs> 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 he wants to try driving. Yep. Because he's the best. That movie was actually pretty okay. Yeah. It was it was a lot better than I expected. Cause again, I haven't watched it in at least a decade. And I don't remember what I thought of it back then. But I did actually find myself enjoying it. Not all of it. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Like, uh, I, I, go ahead. I think I, I remembered Queen of the Damned. That might have been. That may have been what my problem was, too. Like, I think in my head this was a very bad movie that I had a secret like for, but hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah. And I think I had actually just accidentally overwritten it or combined it in part in my head with Queen of the Damned. Which is a bad movie <laughs> and that I did watch again recently, and I know that for a fact. <laughs> but um, but it's at it. This is actually pretty like A-list cast, great sets. Yeah, soundtrack was kind of weird to me, but other than that. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it was, I, I think if nothing else, you should experience it for Tom Cruise's version of Lestat because it is, it's pretty goddamn great. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, this is a pretty solid recommend. I, I can see it being gruesome or creepy for people who don't like that stuff at all. Yeah. Uh, it's not a horror movie, but it's it's about as as into those themes as you can get without being a horror movie. I think. Yeah. I will admit that for for trying to cover as much ground as the movie does, 
there may be some pacing issues that some people might not enjoy. Like, there are a lot of scenes of just... Just extended scenes of people just talking. And then there's just flashes of action, and then it's back to talking, and then flashes of action, and a montage where 70 years get skipped, and it's... I'm not saying it jumps around a lot, but you just kind of have to know what you're in for with it. Yeah, and it, it, it's a, uh... It's almost two different movies. Like, after yeah. the second... Well, the major acts are all separated by Louis burning something down. Yeah, exactly. But the first two are much more linked, it seems like, than the third one is. Yeah. Like, when he leaves the continent and they swap out most of the cast, it's... It has a very different for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Although not that long, actually. Like, I don't know how long the the Paris bit is, but I feel like it's it's much less than half, right? It's I think like it's, the last. I think it's just the third act. Like, the last... 30 or 40 minutes of the movie is is Paris. But is it even that long? It, it, it feels like most of the movie is over when they... Maybe I'm wrong. I didn't mark any timestamps or anything, but I feel like... Neither did I. The stats are out for... More than half of it. He is definitely, but the the movie's two hours long, so I guess that's true. I think it's I think it's maybe about maybe thirty, maybe forty minutes tops is Paris. Yeah, or or at least at least from them leaving the United States and go like cause the cause most of the like everything up to Paris maybe okay. takes five minutes of screen time so yeah so, so you're thinking like Paris and New Orleans at the end and the interviews yeah is that that's that's maybe 40 minutes. Maybe the third act. No, I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah. But it's, uh... So I wouldn't... I wouldn't recommend watching it in two sittings, because the second sitting's going to be very short and yeah. not have much to do with the first one. Yeah. But it, it does have that slightly disjointed thing in the middle. Yeah. A little bit. But I I I do enjoy it. 
I significantly enjoy it. It's at least as of when we're recording this still on Netflix. It that that service does yank things a lot. I actually had one get cancelled while I was taking a shower in the middle of it. That was really frustrating. Uh, those gangs of New York. I was trying to rewatch it, and I guess I was up at midnight or whatever they to swap out, and they literally cut me off. That's was, bullshit. Well, they've also done the last three series I tried to watch. Yes, I watch TV too slow for Netflix. <laughs> that's a reason I'm considering switching platforms but uh I don't I mean I don't know if other platforms do that like I don't know if Hulu does that or whoever else Amazon Prime I don't know if they do that they might well, there's just know. there's a lot. Like whenever I like a movie, I can, I can usually get it digitally for like four to five bucks. So it's not a. And I don't watch that many. Like it's it costs as much as two digital download movies a month. These days, that's about as much as I have time to watch, honestly. So it's... Yeah. It might not be worth it. Because mm-hmm. I do hate what it... Anyway, point is, right now, if you have Netflix, you know it's still a very popular service, even though it yanks the rug out from under me I'm not watching a Netflix original series which are never the best ones on there some are pretty good <laughs> the interview vampire is still on it as of right now and I'll if I hear last minute they've taken it off, I'll edit in a little thing, but I probably won't have time to research. So check and see if it's there. Otherwise, I'm sorry, because this won't be coming out until early next month, which is still a week or two away. Yeah. God, that was a, a long road to nothing. <laughs> This might be on Netflix. I recommend it. (laughs) Yeah, and if it's not, you can find it on other services. It's probably on Amazon Prime. It's probably it's probably not for like free viewing, but you can probably rent it at most digital distribution websites for like two or three bucks. Or you can buy it for a video for four ninety nine. Nice. A couple months ago. Yeah. That's the one that you can watch with 
Xbox and Windows 8. I don't even know if modern Windows operating systems have it, but I don't know if it's a service I recommend. As long as you have an Xbox, it's pretty handy. Uh, I have no idea if I'll lose them all if I ever stop playing video games. <laughs> Yeah, I I would also definitely recommend this film. It's I wasn't I wasn't going and expecting much, so I was very pleasantly surprised. You know, again, I thought the cast was great. Kirsten Dunst really fucking killed it as Claudia. Yes. for a 12-year-old, that was incredible. Yeah, I, didn't she win an award for this or something? She should've. I think she did, right? Am I wrong? I feel like she did. I don't think I... I gotta look this up now, because now I'm really curious. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, she was nominated for a Golden Globe for for Best Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture. So she didn't win that. That is a good question that I do not know. Supporting actress in a motion picture. Let's see, it was 1994. She lost to Diane Weist in uh, Bullets Over Broadway. Well, I do love Diane Weist, but I haven't seen that one. It's <laughs> fair. Alright, that might have been. That might have been a fair loss, but point is she deserved the award anyway. <laughs> yeah, the the other nominees for that year were uh, Sophia Loren in word I'm not quite sure how to pronounce. Uh, Preta Porter. I don't know. Something French. Uh, Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction and Robin Wright in Forrest Gump. So. Well, I mean, they're all fine, but none of them are Mad Name Manti alums like Diane Weiss. So. Fair. Yeah. Specifically, vampire movie. Uh, Matinee Manti alums. <laughs> so, either Kirsten Dunst or Diane Weiss, those are both okay. Alright. <laughs> Good shit. 
We, we hope you've enjoyed talking about the movie with us. We hope you're asleep. That's the point. <laughs> I'm about to be. Sounds like Sam is too. Not sure, but... That's... That's not... Nah. I'm, I'm good for at least another... 20, 30 minutes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty close to bedtime. <laughs> okay, well... Tune in next time when we watch... I don't know yet. Um, we watch a dancert movie here. something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, uh, I'll, I'll probably do like it in this year. Like, this year will remind me that this was something we should review is that I saw it on Netflix and then, like, four other podcasts and episodes about it. Like, oh. <laughs> we're all on the same wavelength. It's available right now. <laughs> so, next month will probably be turned by anything that Netflix brings up or people on Facebook are saying they're watching anyway. <laughs> Thanks. We'll see. Sounds good. Until next time, then, I'm Ben. I'm Sam. I, I, I love you. to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash matineemanities. If you'd like to support the show, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all proceeds after hosting costs will go towards actual manatee habitat preservation. You can listen to Matinee Manatees on iTunes, the Stitcher app, and YouTube. Our music was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find this track and much more on his website, incompetech.com. <laughs>